Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is a, a, a wonderful episode with a good friend of mine, Dan Levy. Although we cover how we're, we're good friends, but we never hang out. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but still, a wonderful comedian and a wonderful man, regardless of how often we hang out. Just a, a very, very funny guy and a wonderful episode that I want to get into uh, ASAP, as always. Um, here are some tour dates. I might be adding some uh, as early as tomorrow, but these are them as they stand right now. July 8th, we're doing a live You Made It Weird at the Troubadour here in Los Angeles. July 11th, I'm going to be in New Orleans for Tipitina's. Then I'm going to Montreal July 24th through the 28th for the Just for Last Festival. There's also going to be a live You Made It Weird up there for the Canadian Weirdos. And then July 30th, we have the final Living at Largo here in Los Angeles. So check those out. Get those dates in you. I don't know what I'm saying. And uh, enjoy this podcast. The sponsor is Amazon. All you got to do to support the show is go to Nerdist.com, click on the Amazon banner associated with this episode, and then shop as you normally would. And that uh, a proceed, part of those, you know what I mean, part of those proceeds go to supporting this show and other shows like it. That's not true. Just this show. All right. Dan Levy, get into it. Oh, and I should say thanks to everybody that's been coming to the live shows. They've been they've really been phenomenal, and it, it means so much to me to see people out. So I uh, hope to see you guys out on the road soon. All right, bye. There we go. Yeah. Well, this is the road kid, and and, um, and I've never gotten any. I'm always waiting for. I'm going to put it here. Is that good? Should we like go like this? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One's pointing at you. One's pointing at me. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, this is like Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the master oh yeah yeah where they sit they, right across from each other and then they do a little yeah we're facing each other perfectly this is very weird <laughs> I've never had a conversation <laughs> like, I've already woken your baby the baby's fine uh, does he is he used to loud boisterous laughter yeah cause all I do is talk very loudly on the phone and then laugh is so. that true who someone rang your doorbell <laughs> someone rang doorbell I didn't do that cause I was worried about your infant how that old is nice. your infant he's uh eight weeks old and what's his name his name is Abe Abe. Abe. A B. A B E. Just Abe, not. But it really is Abe. It's not Abraham. No, not Abraham. Not Abraham. Nope. Wait. What's? what's no, that's that's what's not a cool way to say that's Abraham. Not, there's no cool way to say Abraham. That's why his name is Abe. A B E. But my mom thought it was Abraham. So like, because he was born so late. So when she when I called her to tell her. His name's Abe. She wrote on Facebook, like, welcome Abraham to the family. So I'm like, mom, it's not, it's not Abraham's name. Then my dad emailed me, Abraham's a very strong name. I was like, all of you people oh my God. do not know his name. It's like in Meet the Parents where he's like, uh, geniuses pick green, but you didn't pick a strong name. Yeah. You picked Abe, Abe, which is a decidedly weak name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a lovely name. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great, it's a great name. It's a he, cool name. He's hip. He is hip. It's a hip name. He seemed very chill. He was sleeping. He's only sleeping now. He does not sleep. I haven't really slept at night. For, since he was born. It's really? Been real crazy. How long has that been? Eight weeks. Oh my god. Yeah. So that is the main deterrent for me. Like I'm a like a like I want to have children. I like, yeah. I like that. Well, yeah, you're fun dad. I am. I, was just, I didn't know if you were familiar. I was like, oh, I'm are familiar. you familiar with this bit? Um, <laughs> but I want to have kids. But the, the main deterrent, it's not the like burden of raising a person or instilling them with the right values or whatever. Yeah. Or like, oh, they might skin their knee or something bad will happen. 
It's just I don't want to lose the sleep at first. Yeah, I honestly I thought that was gonna be fine. I was like, I stay up but late. I stay yeah. up late. You know, I'll like come home from a comedy oh, show. And no, I was, no, it's nightmare. How are you gonna have the energy to do anything? How do you have the energy to do anything I, right now? I, I it's, it's I'm just drinking a lot of coffee. That works. Yeah, I'm just like drinking lots of coffee and like you know I'm just kind napping. Of, no, I'm never napped, so I can't nap. I, there's, you're supposed to sleep when the baby sleeps, but I just can't do it. You mean whenever he naps, you're supposed, you're to, supposed to get it, get it while it's good. <laughs> yeah, but I can't do it. <laughs> How long does he nap for? He naps for like ninety minutes. It's like <laughs> I can't nap for ninety minutes. But on Saturday, I was so I didn't realize how tired I was, and I was like, I'm gonna finally take a nap. And Rachel's like, okay. And I took a nap at 4 p.m. And I woke up the next day at 8. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. <laughs> 8 a.m., I hope. Yes. But still a shit ton of yeah. sleep. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. What is it? What, what, do you have any, like, super parent plans? That's one of the fantasies I've had since I was a kid. When I was being raised, I started fantasizing about what I would do to, like, teach the kid different lessons. Most of it was, like, prank stuff. Like Yeah. Like, I put, like, bananas on his head today. <laughs> you did? Yeah. So you're already kind of started. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But do you have, like, a strategy? What kind of parents are you going to be? I'm worried that I'm going to be like a weird LA parent that's going to want the kid to like eat like super clean like vegan well, shit. I think I'm going to do I think I want him to be I want him to eat like that. I want him to be healthy, but I I'm, yeah. I am nervous that he's going to like I thought about him, like he's going to grow up as like oh I'm born in LA and like I know grew up in oh Connecticut God, yeah. and like you know being in Boston. No and you meet, you, Yeah, no, and you meet you meet someone like at he's school. He's from LA. I know. He's like I'm from LA. It's like oh no, he's already that person. <laughs> he's already he's that. From LA. It's like the it's worst. Your I know, I know. You could I gotta, have like, him anywhere. I gotta move to like Calabasas yeah. or something. Well, That's yeah, still LA. Like, well, not LA, LA. Yeah, yeah, Calabasas. Like Calabasas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're from LA, LA. I know. It's it's a little bit. It's actually we. That's that's the worst part. But I. Don't really have any lessons. I think I'm just gonna try to be. My my parents were like pretty cool and supportive and not. You really feel strict. good about their parenting strategy? Like my parents seem to admit that they didn't quite know exactly what they were doing with me and my brother. I mean, like, they did, they did. I think they did a good job, but they were certainly winging it. There's I think no they have to, though. Now, like, being only a kid for eight weeks, you just kind of, like, do what... You know, Rachel read all these books of, yeah. like... I didn't how, read the baby books. Yeah, all these books. Like, you got, like, all <laughs> these... Knocked up reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm the worst. That's good. That, that's, yeah, no, that's good. okay, go on. Uh, but so she read, the she books, read but... all these books of, like, how he's going to sleep and, like, how, yeah. you know, she read... She was so into this, like, French book. Like, she's like, the French... They have kids and they like they're like this is my life. You're my chosen husband, and they don't worry about the, the kid. The kid cries. They continue on their day. And now it's Wait, literally what? yeah that that was what she's saying. Now we have the baby. It's like literally like all she's doing is like raising him like he's some sort of like we're like an African village like constantly like breastfeeding. Like, sure, doesn't sure. Give a shit about me. Well, are you like hardwired to like respond to the crying of the baby? Oh, so yeah, it's like you hard can't. to ignore. It's really hard to ignore. That's the French style. That's the French style. Or at least this one French person that wrote this book. It's an English person who wrote this book. In oh. Yeah. It's called Raising Bebe. No. I didn't read it. I was about to. <laughs> Raising Bebe. I didn't read the baby. I didn't read the baby book. <laughs> but I mean, uh, what, it, what about like school? Are you freaking out about schools and all uh, that sort of thing? I don't mean to freak you out. No. It's very early. I mean, like weird things like we had to like open like a... You know, like a college fund. You did? College is going to be like a million dollars by the time he's 18 to go. And something else I like to consider is he'll probably live to like 150, possibly. <laughs> I, like they, I, don't know if I, if, I don't know if the things I've been told are true, but they're saying that like you and I should plan to retire at like 105. That's like mm-hmm. around what they're thinking. Like what you should Well, that, that's good for, for comedy. <laughs> what do you mean? 105? Like just still, just still, still be doing, doing comedy? <laughs> Do, do anything in comedy at 105. 
It is kind of daunting. Uh, Mike Birbiglia said it to me best. I think he was talking about why our salaries are kind of inflated is because we're playing pro ball. Like, it's always like you yeah. can't do it forever. I'd like to think you can. Yeah, there's to versions. To a certain extent. You, you, could, you could do comedy-related things, I think, until you're however old. I ho- oh, I'm dying up here. Good book. Yeah, great book. Great book. About Made L.A. Cool. Speaking of you yeah. from L.A. Oh, absolutely. I'm dying up here and Comedy at the Edge both made me like living in L.A. Oh, yeah. To bring it you don't there. like living in L.A.? No, I love living in L.A., but when I first got here, I didn't like it right away. Yeah. Now I love it. Now I'm a little bit disturbed at how much I love Me it. Me too. When you I love first it? moved here, I was like super depressed. L.A. I, I was like, I lo- now, now I love <laughs> it. Now, now people are like, oh, it's not like New York. I'm like, oh, no, it's not like New York. Well, you have like, look at your ruby tone. Not ruby. You have like an olive tone. Like you're getting sun, <laughs> like even though you're not sleeping at all. Yeah, Because you have to living yeah. down here. Look at your deck. You got a deck. I yeah. want to live in your house. Hey, it's a gorgeous house. Welcome. Come on in. That's wonderful. But you do like I did. But you didn't. You when you first got here, you were depressed. Well, yeah, because it was weird, and I, you know, it was easy for an easy, an easier transition than like most people think, because everyone from uh, Emerson, you know, you went to Emerson. Emerson. So all my Emerson friends all moved out here at the same time. Uh, so in a way, it was like I need to meet new friends, and I also had like my comedy friends. Yeah, but it was still sort of like I like it was so like shitty. It was like this is so weird. So right, I don't know what right. I'm doing. I'm constantly driving down Highland to get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always the street? <laughs> it's always the street. <laughs> and then I was doing so many like those NACA colleges when I first moved here oh, that God. it was almost stupid that I moved because I moved to LA and then I was never in LA and I was like. You have to shut off a whole portion. Like, it doesn't make sense to live in L.A. or really New York and and be a touring comedian. Not at all. I think it's weird that it broke. Like, when you first start doing comedy, you just want to do comedy. Yeah. Then I really really think you have to start being like, oh, there's all these different avenues and you have to choose. And at a certain point, you have to stop doing NACAs. NACAs being the thing that you show. I look to the recorder like it's a person. NACAs being a thing where you showcase and you can book, like... 30 colleges or yeah. something and you go on a run and you're, you're gone for three weeks and, and it's the best way to make money when you first start out like right you know as far as right well you're like you'd be like a good uh, college act I think at least when you started yeah when I started totally now I get offers and even if they're good I'm kind of like I don't know if I want to go to back yeah. to a college I don't know if I can relate you talk to an 18 year old about right having a baby it's weird do you find that? Do you still do college? Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna do like some like coming up. Yeah, and I'm like a little bit like, oh, this is gonna be weird. Like eighteen year olds. Right. It's weird saying that. Right. I feel like like an old eighteen year old. No, I know. Seriously, it's like They're you know, eighteen year olds. What do they know? Nothing. I know. <laughs> and I, I, I was about to out old man you and say, but they think they know everything. <laughs> it's so stupid. I mean, there are some, like, I feel like Shelby, how old is Shelby Farrow? I don't know. She's like 19 or something. Yeah. And she's, she's with, so there are some students that'll certainly get into it. But when I was 18, I didn't have the best taste in comedy. Oh, yeah. I certainly wanted it to be a little bit broader. Oh, no, when, when I first started doing comedy, I was falling at least three times. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. My, you had pratfalls? I had one pratfall. It was like, and, and no. some of my college friends still make fun of me. I did a joke where I, it was so bad about drinking tequila. Yeah. And I say, I drank so much tequila, I woke up, I thought I was Jose. Oh my god! So bad, and then I would like just—I don't know. Then I did this one thing where then I'd like do a voice. Uh, like, Hello. Did you act it out? I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, uh, it was god, real bad. You have to. Yeah, it was so bad, and then I just fell to the floor. Like I passed out from tequila. It was uh, really 
But it, um, that probably helped you get those NACAs. Did you do that for your oh, NACA Absolutely. Show? That was like my, my, my NACA calling card. It's, it's the Jose Cuervo guy. Right. We yeah. all start, we all want to be like artists, right? But we start as like traveling salesmen. Oh, yeah. There's like a real lonely, you go on the road and you go it's from terrible, school yeah. to school. And my dad is, it doesn't, my dad's a salesman. So like yes. he, when I first started doing this, he was like, totally was like, oh, you buffalo this. He wanted to be in charge of my, my routing. And he was like so involved. Really? And he saw that when I, I had this early like college agent they were like terrible and they would like book me in like North Carolina and then like you know Missouri and then yeah. back to North Carolina and right. then South Carolina you used to do stuff like that without any qualms and then you realize you're like wait you're not making that much money and then right. when you're flying you're making you're negative money right so my dad's like you're losing money and I remember screaming like you don't understand comedy this is not the sales business but it is it is you were going around selling he was jokes right. it door was so door. annoying and then he called my, right. he called my college agent Neon, I didn't even know this. I guess he called Neon Entertainment and started screaming at them about my routing. No. So then my college agent called me and he goes, I do not represent your father. And I was like, mortified. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't care. I'll, I'll go to North wow. Carolina again. It was so but he bad. was right. He was right. Couldn't they just be like, he was right? They weren't going to agree with Elliot. <laughs> Elliot Levy. I yeah. love it. Oh yeah. my God. That's such a, but that, that, that it's, it's a weird way to start something that ends up being like an artistic pursuit. Cause that's yeah. where you are, are now. Yeah. You're writing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, and what's that like? Been, uh, it's been pretty good. Where'd Actually, you start? My, well, really the first I mean, I guess I started with, like, really I started writing with, like, the web, a webisode like, year, a couple of years ago where uh-huh. I like, wrote a web series called Long Distance Relationship with, like, Crackle. You oh, you Crackle? so you wrote your, yeah, I do remember Crackle. Yeah. You wrote your own thing. Yeah, I wrote, wrote my own thing. That's such a great thing and it's such a beacon of hope, I think, that, like, people that want to be writers and directors and actors and, and anything, producers, have the, the internet now, whereas I don't think there was anything like that before that. No, it, it was great, and, like, I, it was about, like, it really was just a stand-up joke that I had, and then became this, like, web series, and then, and then it became a pilot for MTV. It did? Yeah, and then we wrote the pilot, wrote the pilot, and then it was in it, and it was cool, and then it didn't get picked up. What was, was the joke? The joke was, it, was, it wasn't even a joke, it was a whole long bit about oh. how... When you're in a long distance relationship, it's like the worst thing ever. And like, I do like a conversation where it's like you're talking to your girlfriend, and, and I even forget, I even forget the joke. But basically, <laughs> the idea is you're talking to your girlfriend, and you're like, "I love you." It's like, "Oh, I, I love you too." It's like, "I miss you. I miss you too." It's like, "I wish I could like spread my love all over you. I wish I could." Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hi, Steve. Who the fuck is Steve? Uh, you know? So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with that, and then it became like yeah. a webisode, a web series, and then this pilot. But then the pilot got picked up. <laughs> Who the fuck is Steve? Who the fuck is Steve? It's very funny. Yeah. Relationships are so weird. I, I kind of like the long distance thing because you get the chance to miss the person. And I've run into a lot of people that do enjoy it somewhat. No, no. You I, don't? No, I had like so many of them. Really? All I had was long distance relationships. Because you were on the road wife. or... No, no. That was the worst part. It was like when I went to college, I had a girlfriend who was in Rhode Island, Kim, and then we broke up, and then I met a girl in Philadelphia, and I was like, this should work out. Then I started dating her, and then she broke up with me on Valentine's Day. She, I don't know. She wanted to get back together with her, like you know, drug addicted boyfriend. So I drank a bunch of Kahlua. Steve, <laughs> Steve. she got back together with Steve. Oh and, no! Yeah. Why did you pick another long? Why did you keep picking long distance relationships? I don't know. I was like, I almost was like into them 
Was well, were you protecting yourself? Did you not want to be too serious? Because that's a good no, way. No, I would get us. so serious. I was always so serious. Like I was like, I'm gonna get, send you cards. I'm sending you presents. No. Like I love you immediately. You're like a creepy mail order boyfriend. That I know. Just sends gifts. And it was. Stuff. Uh, it was so. But bad. you have all that time to fantasize. This is something that I've said on the podcast recently, and I'm trying to work it into a bit. Is that when you're dating somebody. You fill in the blanks. You start, and especially if it's long distance and you have all this time apart, you can add this narrative about how perfect they are for you and how wonderful they are. You can even imagine what they're up to or whatever. And just yeah. like, oh, trodolo, it's probably this amazing thing. And then as you start, uh, keep seeing somebody, it's like a little advent calendar and you get the little nuggets of what's really happening. Yeah. And unfortunately, that can be sometimes heartbreaking. It's like if you assume, like, she was never addicted to heroin or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't mean to put down anybody that was formerly. <laughs> addicted to heroin but I'm saying that would be pertinent information and then, then you find it and you're like oh I have to go back and revise the file and sometimes if that becomes too much and you get yeah. a real picture of who they are you break up which is why people often withhold things when you first start dating oh yeah I mean the girl that I was dating in Philadelphia clearly did not eat really? <laughs> oh yeah like no I, eating? no eating I visited her once and she offered me dry blueberries and I was like mm, I think you have a problem but we, Whoa. But we weren't you know like <laughs> I, she, she could have I didn't see her every day so maybe the days I weren't there she was eating well you were perfect for her <laughs> she only had to fake eat a couple not to make light of it I'm being sensitive today but like not to be light of her perhaps problem yeah I think she's fine now yeah sure okay I'm sure okay so you only had long distance and then you only no not then I broke up with her and then I met another girl <laughs> in Montreal and then and then we started dating. How are you meeting these people? Comedy related? Oh, pretty much. But they weren't just hookups. You were you were dating. No, I people. never I did a joke about it. Like I like I used to joke about like if I had sex with a hooker the next day I'd be like, I'm gonna have brunch. <laughs> like I just am that sort of person. I had a joke where I was like it was on my last hour where I was like, if I have sex with somebody, they don't know it, but I'm their boyfriend. Now. <laughs> and it, there's something sweet about it, I suppose. But then at a certain point, you kind of have to stop doing that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. you didn't. You just kept doing it I, until I, I you got married. Your, yeah. And then you did it. Yeah. You're like, now I'm your husband. And now, we're, now we have a baby. Well, yeah, yeah, now it's super fish. Isn't yeah. that weird, the undercurrent of like, well, now you're really married. Now, now You know what I mean? Real. Oh, I know. Before it was just relationship with papers or whatever, but now you're a family. Now it's a whole thing. It's, it's lovely. Congratulations. It's, thank you. But it, well, tell me how that happened. So you were saying you met the girl in Montreal. Oh, yeah, I met, met a girl in Montreal, and then she ended up actually moving to Boston, and then we were dating in Boston, but then like right away I moved to L.A., <laughs> and I was like, well, we got to keep this going. <laughs> I've known you for a few months. <laughs> you're 19. I'm 22. This is forever. Terrible. Going. Oh, we gotta keep this going. <laughs> why are you afraid of hurting? Because that's why I can't. Break yeah, up I people. think You're afraid I think, of hurting. Yeah, them. I was afraid of like. I think. Yeah, I. But was, at least you had the wherewithal to move. Yeah, so I moved. You didn't let her stop you from moving, but you were like, <laughs> yeah. But then it was such a bad. It was like one of those things where if we were dating for a long time, I would have been like, oh, I can't date this person. This is right, ridiculous. Right. But now, it was long distance, you, you, you forget like what you're saying. You don't realize the problems and you kind of like just have a phone conversation. Right. That's it. Right. And then, and then she ended up moving here and then she like moved in with me and my roommate and then it was like literally a month later she was, we broke up. Really? Oh yeah. So, let me ask you this. Did you like having the relationship box checked? Is that what you were up to? I think that I just, I just think I liked being in a relationship. Right. You know, I think I just really... Do you know why? Let me let, let me ask you why I'm asking you. Yeah. I remember when I was married, I enjoyed having that box checked because it helped me be singularly focused on comedy. So what brought it to mind was you moved to LA, obviously a career-related mm-hmm. thing. I mean, you didn't just want the deck or whatever. Yeah. So you moved to LA to... <laughs> no, I wanted the deck. <laughs> I wanted that fucking deck, bro. You moved to LA uh, for business and, and, and you left her... There's shoes everywhere. I just, I just realized there's sneakers. 
there's there's so many nice sneakers in here. Oh, the Jordan 5s, those have terrible arch support. They do, but they look so cool. I can't wear them, though. I'm always in a bad mood when I wear them. And I'm Really? Like, Why am I in a bad mood? Oh, it's because they're the flattest shoe in the world. They're flat, but they, but they look so cool. Well, mine are black, because uh, mm, I like it the real Jordan way. Or he wore both. No, he wore both. But in that cool picture, he's wearing the black, I think. Yeah, that's true. Well, well there you so go. So I guess I win. Well. So you love kicks. I do. Do you know why? Yeah. I'm not going to forget what I was saying. Okay. I We can just quickly talk about sneakers real quick. Um, I really like sneakers because it's, it's... They're on display. Well, they're on display because, yeah, they're on... <laughs> I mean, I've never well, seen... Those are, those are great. It looks like we're in a footlocker, like a cooler footlocker. Yeah, we're in a cool footlocker. With or the, what is that one called first? Flight club? Fl- flight club. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're in a flight club. We are. That would be cool. Except there's not really mad black guys here. <laughs> Just not not helping either, you. Either I thought you meant like a couple angry black guys, or just a lot like mad black guys. No, there's always like, if you go in there, there's you, mad black guys. There's always like angry black employees who get mad at you when you ask for things at these stores. I swear to God, you'd be like, "Do you have eleven and a half? And one time the guy's like, "You can check our fucking website." And I'm like, "I'm in the store." You said that, yeah, yeah. And they don't give a fuck. It's like a consignment shop, so I feel like they don't really have to. What does that mean, consignment shop? People bring in their shoes and they sell shoes for people. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so no customer serve. No customer serve. I guess there doesn't have to be a big philosophy why you like sneakers. It's like nostalgic. You know, like I like, Yeah, well that's why I like the Jordan. Yeah, five. me too. So all these shoes I had those as a child. That's yeah. why I was grumpy as a child. Me too. <laughs> I didn't have them. Like my parents never got me those kind of shoes. So now I just basically started getting them and then I just kinda like I don't know, then, nostalgia then it, purchase. Yes. And then it just sort of like built then I kinda got like into sort of like a weird like collecting them and, and then, you clean them, obviously. And I clean them and now I sort of and then recently I stopped. Not recently, like a, a year or so ago, I kind of chilled with it because I got so many shoes. I had so many shoes, but I was very much into it. It was a good hobby because, you know, I get so caught up. I was always looking for hobbies because I get so obsessed with comedy yes. that I needed something else. And sneakers were good, but then sneakers became like, you know, a joke. And then it was like, then I, I could not, not do comedy and sneakers. But now... Okay, then, that's yeah, great. Yeah, have a kid. <laughs> well, is that, the, is that a feeling when you're like, well, I can't buy sneakers anymore because you have to be like a dad? Or are you going to be the dad that's like, fuck that, I'm going to keep buying sneakers? No, I... I just stopped buying sneakers because I really honestly can't, don't have room for any more sneakers and I need just to stop. Like there's we are surra- I'm now noticing that there <laughs> yeah. are sneakers everywhere. There's a lot of sneakers and it's too much. There's not, there's not a reason. Yeah. So I just need to stop. No, I agree. <laughs> no, I don't agree. I, I if you were like, I'm never going to stop, I would be like, great, keep yeah, going. Here's my question for you was, did you fe- find it easier to focus on comedy when you didn't have to worry about also finding a girlfriend? Um, yeah. Until I feel like in most of my other relationships besides my wife, there's, there comes to a point, I think, in, in all relationships when you're a comedian, when the girlfriend is like, is comedy more important than me? Right. And you always have to say, yes, it's, it's going to be. You're my girlfriend. Right. And, you know. To try, it's a haunting thing you just said, and, and pretty true. It's, yeah. I just I did like Shane that. Moss and his, his girlfriend have a podcast called Double Date, I think. Oh, yeah. And I was talking to them. They're both comedians. April Macy. Yeah, yeah. They're both comedians. And I was like, this is fucked up, because both of you know that comedy is more important than your relationship. Yeah. So usually it's just the comedian that has that secret feeling, but both of you are aware that if you're holding comedy and your relationship, in, you know, like uh, fucking the good son style over the cliff. You're going to let go of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> yes! You have to. That's your relationship is Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. It's the one that's always causing trouble. Elijah yeah. Wood's a good kid. Yeah, he's great great eyes. He's got great eyes. He's not my blood, but I adopted him. He's awesome. He yeah. grew up to be very successful. Yeah, he went on to make those wonderful Lord of the Rings yeah. films. That was a documentary. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> just about Elijah Wood. But how do you how do you reconcile that now? I mean, that's that's something I don't expect you to have the answer. Let's talk about it. I mean, like, so you're married now and you have a family now. Yeah, and I think that it's sort of been like a natural transition into it. You know, where like she's sort of been there from like not not from day one at all, but like as you know, she met me and I was sort of like on the road but doing not, stuff right. but not you know and I think she kind of like knew like this is what it's going to be I mean she she's had conversations with me before we had the baby where she was like are you still always going to be like freaking out you know about comedy when like we have a baby right and I'm like yeah <laughs> that's what I thought like I actually for, I was thinking I was like I'm going to have a baby and, and I'm just going to be able to focus on the baby and I'm not going to get caught up in like all the stuff that I'm trying to do or right. what's pissing right. me off or whatever and uh and it's not true. Yeah, what's going on with the husband is second child thing? Are you finding that? I mean, like, are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially us. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. it's a weird thing. And, you know, I, I barely know your wife and uh, I don't know the dynamic. But let's just talk about it abstractly. The idea, especially like a creative son, husband, yeah, yeah. you, yes. who needs a lot of love and support like a baby. Yeah. You, do, you don't stay up at night crying, but like you have more anxiety you're, you're, you're fighting a different kind of battle I, I'm sure everybody has anxiety but yeah. I feel like especially us male baby oh, grown yeah. babies you know she would like sometimes be like I, I, this can't happen when we have a baby yeah like she would be like this is like was she can't. pregnant when she said that yeah, yeah. And she was like we can't keep on talking <laughs> about if you should stab on a show or go back to doing stand up like we can't have this conversation over and over again like you gotta fucking make a decision I'm like I know but I'm probably gonna have a baby I'm still probably gonna think about it I'm yeah. never gonna know you know yeah well what are you supposed to do I mean you're like it's, it's like for me uh, I had friends growing up religious that thought when we lost our virginities the world was just gonna be completely different or when you get married the world is gonna be completely different often those two things were the same thing yeah, yeah. or when you have a kid everything's gonna be different now things are different but it's not like a veil has been lifted off the world it's still the same world it's honestly more pre- it's like more pressure because now now you have a besides right. not even like the fact you have to like pay for the kid or whatever but it's right. more like now you have someone who's going to look at you as like my dad's a comedian like I right. want him to think that I'm a cool good comedian of course it's like my dad's a comedian but I don't know oh really you know. just did air quotes which is important to the listener because those were painful <laughs> air quotes they were the thought of uh, well let's just address some fear that I have as a comedian and I'm yeah. sure you have but I don't want to don't take it as an, as an assault because I'm yeah. sure you've had these thoughts already but the kid like the idea of letting go of comedy people are like why and saying you did it for the kid everyone would understand you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like it's like why did you stop touring or why did you take that I feel like what happens a lot is uh, guys become DJs I'm not putting these people down by the way yeah I have good friends that like became local DJs because they couldn't go on the road anymore yeah they're not yeah. in LA so they can't staff on a show but if you like imagine if your kid was like five, six, seven, eight, we're getting more feelings, more emotions, he's, and he can talk to you. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't go on the road anymore." <laughs> you know what I mean? You, I feel like you, you, you're going to have an even harder discussion. Yeah. That he's going to be involved in. Is that something you freak out about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I haven't even thought that far. I mean, now I will after you leave. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. No, I'm here to support you. No, no. I, it's I a was, contradiction. Thinking family is the most wonderful thing, as I do. When we pour just into ourselves, when we're just a bathtub that the water never changes, we become lunatics. Yeah. We become unrelatable sociopaths. And yeah. that's true. There's a, t- there's a ticking time on what I'm doing and what you were doing. Yeah. And at a certain point, I really do feel like you have to cash in and have a place, cash in your chips, put, uh, emotional chips, I'm not talking about money, 
and find a place, find a person to, to give your love, a wife, and then a child that you can both give uh, love to, you know yeah. what I mean? Or you become a lunatic. So we have yeah. that in one corner, and then the, the fear that I just brought up as well. Yeah. So know that I'm on your side. Okay, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, what, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was saying that, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more the the pressure of... Like, what we were saying is, like, the idea of this kid... I haven't even thought of him being five years old. I'm sure. just thinking of him, like, now and just sort of, like, having to go and, you know, do all this <laughs> stuff and focus on... It's a weird thing is I don't want to, like, give up, like, what I want to do because of right. what this kid might think of what I'm doing. Well, that's also it. That's yeah. also it. Yeah. If you're being selfish or whatever yeah. and, and working really hard or going on the road or staffing on a show, all of things that will, like, take you out of the house or whatever yeah. to one extent or another... You're also working towards that idea of capital D dad that you want your kid to think you're the fucking coolest. Yeah, I want to think I'm the coolest. Yeah, you know, and I'm not going to be the coolest by just like sitting around and you know never right. leaving LA and or playing and having really... him come see me at Comedy Juice. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and even he knows you've been doing the same seven. Yeah, exactly. Like, Mix it up. He's like, well, I can't write anything new. He's like, Dad, Justin Timberlake's been dead for eleven years. <laughs> I love that bit so much, and I love the prophecy that when he's ten, Justin or eleven, Justin Timberlake will be dead for life. That's true. I kind of want to talk about that bit. Do you you want to talk about? Oh yeah, we can talk about it. You met Justin Timberlake. I met him. We won't forget to talk about kid stuff. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go back. You met Justin. You met JT. Met JT at Bally's Total Fitness in North Hollywood. Can I tell you the memory I have of this bit? Yeah. This is what I should have started with, is that I think it's funny because you and I have the same close friends. Yeah. It, which is weird, because you and I, we don't really hang out. No. I'm not here to attack you. No, but we don't. We, but we, we don't, don't hang out. But we're, we're friends. It's fun. If, and I have seen you out, we'll combine a table. Oh, yeah. We'll be, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happened. That's, that's happened. That happened. But I do feel bad because there was a time when I think, when you when you, were, you were in L.A. Yes. When you first came to, not when you first came to L.A., but... You were in LA and you were on you were on you were staffed on outsource. Yes, and we were like let's let's hang out, and we just never hung out. And I uh, felt like that was my fault. I have no memory of that. No memory. Okay. Yeah. No, one of the good that. things about being kind of uh, flaky is that like things just get erased. <laughs> okay. Huge, huge good. files get shredded every morning. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, in fact, that's what's happening when I'm because in my mind I'm like he's gonna come over here. He's gonna be like what whatever no, happened at this, Blue Jam? You promised me we'd hang out. This isn't WTF. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, what's up with that? I hate that. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't know what Mark sounds like <laughs> I, I do but That's i can't do it yeah. uh so there's that we have very similar close friends you and melanie are very close yeah uh me and melanie are very close so yeah, yeah. We, we have that hub, same hubs of wheels but you and i don't really hang out but here's the memory i had we were in miami so this was a couple years ago okay and we were doing that outdoor show oh yeah the and- bomb fest <laughs> <laughs> There were literally bomb-sniffing dogs going nuts all around that stage in anticipation of all the bombing that would happen. It's an outdoor show in Miami. Look, Comedy Central, if anyone's listening... I'm grateful to have done it, and I'm glad they have it. Me it's a too. Good but starter stage. But you should stop doing it, <laughs> right? Just because I don't. Every year it's bad. It's never. No one's ever like, oh my god, I just came back from South Beach. I did the outdoor show. It was awesome. <laughs> a bunch of old Jews and a bunch of eight year olds watched me, and, and like a Keith Richards look alike. Do you remember him? Oh, He's there terrible. every year. Yeah. I went back recently, did an indoor show, and it was lovely. And I stopped by the outdoor show just to remember what it's like doing a. Show show on a crowded boardwalk where it's just like humid and like horrible in Miami it's in not Miami. in Miami in like an upside 
down realm, basically. Yeah. It's like a Lord of the Rings world. It's backwards. It's it, the worst. It's also the most antithetical, like, comedian place. Like, nobody nobody there, I think, is funny no. in Miami. Everybody is gorgeous. Yeah. And you look at them, and it's very one-for-one. One. You go, that's a sexy person. I want to have sex with them. And that's kind of the end of it. That's it. Then there's a lot of dancing, loud music, lights, bottle service, coke, pools. And my grandparents. <laughs> And for some reason, old juice. Yeah. That's it. That's all you got. That's all you got. So we were doing a show, and I remember back, this was one of the first things I did with Comedy Central, and I was very, very to the letter, anything that they said. Like, really focused on doing my time, and they were like, don't be dirty. And I remember you went up, and you did whatever, whatever shoes, which yeah. I just ruined the punchline. That's fine. I don't care. I know the punchline, and I still love talking about it. In fact, on the ride over, like a lunatic, I kept saying whatever, whatever shoes. I know, you over the door, he said, whatever, I, whatever she is. I can't stop. I can't stop. So I saw you tell this uh, joke, which has some F-bombs in it, and yeah, I remember being so. like, Dan just rolled in and did well, and you did well, and you did it on your own terms. So that's the memory, sorry, I keep doing that. That's right. That's the memory I have of you doing that joke. So tell me, you met JT. So I met him, I was in, it was right when I, it, what's funny about that story and kind of like all of my good jokes, I feel like, are stories that happened to me years before I told them on stage. Yes. I remember I, this happened to me. This story must have honestly happened like 2004. And how long was the turnaround? Oh, I we started doing, doing this until probably... Two, when was the South Beach Festival? Like 2000... I think it was like three years ago we did that. Yeah. So 2010. 2000, 2009, 2010, yeah. It was so you did like eight years around, later. Around or, like 2008. Uh, it was somewhere between that. It took like five years. Yeah, and I always years. told that story because it was so crazy where I was at this Valley's Total Fitness <laughs> in North Hollywood, like the shittiest place to be ever. And it was like right after the Super Bowl with, with the Jan Jackson nipple thing. And I'm like working out and it's like the joke. But I saw him and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Justin Timberlake. He was right. He couldn't have been hotter. He was like. JT was on the cover of USA Today. And he was in North Hollywood by himself in a tank top. And there was like six people there. And everyone was just like looking like he's fucking Justin Timberlake in Valley Soul Fitness. And, and he was wearing Jordan 3s. Which Wait, one are the 3s? Those are the ones up there. Those ones there. Yes. The top, top, the top left. Top. The most important ones. The most important According ones. According to your, your shoe story. <laughs> so that's, what, that's why I have this here. So I can tell the Justin Timberlake story and have props. <laughs> Like a buffalo head on your wall, yeah, exactly. and I saw it, and he was wearing these shoes. <laughs> and then when I ran to Denzel over here, wearing... <laughs> have you met Denzel? Uh, in Nike Town, I saw him. No. Yes, yeah. we're telling that story <laughs> after this one. You have to. You have to. So uh, anyway, so I he's saw wearing it. Jordan three. So and I and I a whole bunch of stuff happened. That's like in the joke. But then most wait, of, what, what what happened? Well, what's you know, one of the things? That one happened? thing is he took off his shirt. <laughs> You, you could tell any part of the story and <laughs> oh, I really? would be re-delighted with well, it. Well, yeah. I, he <laughs> took was, his shirt off. He took his shirt off. And Good I was looking. Because like, sometimes, uh, you know, you see him on the cover of Rolling Stone with his shirt off and you're like, hey, all right. But then you're like, was it lighting? Surely he's gorgeous. You know what I mean? He's incredible. It was, okay, yeah, that's what I'm looking <laughs> it's for. Just Come on. And uh, and you look like, and I was like, oh my God. You know, and, and I was like, I gotta say something. And I saw, yeah, these shoes. So I just was like, I gotta say something. And I could see everyone else looking at me like, there's no way this guy is gonna go walk over Justin Timberlake working out by himself. Clearly does not want to talk to anyone. Yes. And I just go, um, yo, Justin. No. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Justin. I did. I said, yo, Justin. He didn't have earbuds in? No. He was just oh, wait, no, he did. He did. He took uh, him out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bothered him. And he took him out, and you just hear, bye, bye, bye. He's listening to it in sync. And I was like, yo, Justin. He's like, what's up? And I was like, Justin. And I, so I said, like, I really like your sneakers, because I, and he goes, and he looks at me and goes, they're my whatever, whatever shoes. And that was the craziest thing that's ever happened. 
And I, I've been saying it like he goes, oh, these. <laughs> These are my whatever, whatever shoes. Yeah, I don't know why I make it like a, a sassy black woman. No, but he's, he was talking like, you know, he sounds like, you know, Justin Timberlake is Justin Bieber. They all had that sort of like, yo. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. raspy voice. Yeah. So he was, said that, and then I was just like, oh my God. Okay. I, and my, my, my brain's exploding. Because my, my whatever, whatever, whatever shoes. And I just don't know what to do. And I keep on like, and I, I remember I just walked over to like the rope machine. I started doing something with the rope thing. And I was like, gotta say one more thing. And so that, by the way, that story. Wait, you got you did a test trial, and then you were like, I'm in. Now you're gonna say another thing. That and, story. And that was basically part of that was like my my whole my joke was all about the whatever whatever shoes. That was it. <laughs> then, but part of the story that I then told people later that were like, you need to make that part of your jo- a part of your joke was then I went back to him and I go, Yo, JD, congrats on your success. <laughs> Which. Was the worst thing ever to say, Justin Timberlake. You know, what did he say? He just said, "Thanks, man." Like he was just kind of like shaking his head, like stop talking to me. He was just like, "Thanks, thanks." Oh. And, and I appreciate it. Appreciate oh, it. God. And then that was like the that most is the creepiest thing, thing to, to ever, say. ever say. Because in between, you know, yeah, you know, amazing and everything. Blessings, yeah. <laughs> May blessings continue to befall you, JT. And I just remember, like, I remember walking outside and I just like called people from the parking lot. I was like, Justin Timberlake is the best old fitness. I said, oh. "Congrats on your success." <laughs> Isn't it weird? I'm always struck by, like, when you reach that celebrity status, just seeing them in a valley becomes a story that everyone wants to hear. Yeah. Like, people are like, what was he doing? What was he drinking? What, did he have earbuds? Yeah. He was just in a place. He just wanted to not be bothered, and I completely bothered him, and I've <laughs> talked about that for five years. Congrats on your success. Yeah. And your, your CD is called, it's not, it's called Congr- Congrats on Your Success. Congrats on Your Success. That's what it brought it to mind. But yeah. it's not called, what your tour was called the whatever. Whatever, whatever tour. tour, yeah. I really milked that joke. Because it got great. bigger. Because I was like, when I was doing, you know, I was touring with um, Aziz for a while. Yeah. And I was telling the story, and he was like, you gotta like, say congrats on your success. You need to say that. So then, That part of the story. That part of the story. So yeah. then I started telling that, that part of the story, and then it became like, you know, the callback, and then I was like, it's gotta call the album, congrats on your success. Because <laughs> I never knew that that was like, that ridiculous. But there are certain places yes. where I do it and I say congrats for your success and some people w- wouldn't really get it and then there's some places that people are like oh my like they more get embarrassed that I said yeah. that and laugh out loud uh, well, that was my reaction although I did laugh as well yeah, yeah. I had both <laughs> it's I pretty both. I can't imagine God, saying that yeah. that is so cool yeah <laughs> what, what happened with Denzel oh the Denzel it was a similar thing it was at Nike Town <laughs> This is, I mean, this is just a story, but I no, saw him, and not. he was buying sneakers, and I, I knew I wasn't gonna say, you know, I wasn't gonna say anything about you the sneakers. Said on your success. I said something worse. No, I actually, what happened? The the what the story was actually, I saw him in Nike Town. I kept on pacing. I was like, the same thing that happened to me again. I'm like, gotta say something, gotta say something, but I didn't say anything. And then I'm driving, and then he's walking, he's walking out of Nike Town. And I, are you in the private area? Of Nike Town? Yeah. No, no, this was like... Because no. I know Nick Thune's wife works there and she oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. hooks up comedians. That, that's the best. That's a different... That's like uh-huh. Marina Del Rey, like Nike. Uh, uh-huh. This was like just a regular Nike Town where you Denzel can... was just there. Yeah. Hanging out. Right. On Wilshire. So I just, you know, he's walking past oh, me. That's so weird. And I just go... You the man. <laughs> no. Yeah. You the man. You the man. <laughs> Which was just not good. You didn't say yo Denzel. <laughs> I just go yo, Denzel. You the man. He goes, I know. He said, I know. He said, yeah. I know. He said, I know. Because he is the man. I kind of respect that because he's Denzel Washington. 
I uh, I remember, I think it was Dean Edwards has a great um, Denzel impression. Yeah. And sometimes I try and rip it off just in the car. And it's just him going, is that you? Is that you? Okay. <laughs> just like, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right like just being like the coolest motherfucker. Yeah, he's the best. Denzel, yeah, you're so, the man. You're the man. It was pretty. I know. <laughs> I know. He said, I know. I know. It was... How are you with confidence? Comedy often, like I, I'm, I'm a confident person or whatever, but it's a, a real effort. Like it takes a lot of effort to build up the confidence, remain confident, yeah, feel like you're in a loving place. As silly as that sounds, that's why we have to have good friends and good relationships and like good habits and like yeah. even like a good relationship with yourself to remain like somewhat confident. Yeah, it sounds like you have some neuroses, as I do too, and some anxiety about career and stuff. But yeah, where, yeah. where do you find when someone says you're the man? Do you feel like I am, or I know, or are you like, what are you talking about? I mean, I feel like, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I guess I feel like I come, I come across way more confident than I, than I actually am. I, I knew that would, I feel that about you. I feel yeah. like if you knew how people were seeing you, you'd probably be even more confident. Yeah. Which is a good compliment. I guess, yeah, but I mean, I, well, you said. I just complimented my own compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that. I when you said like the you funniest thing to me. What's that? You said the funniest thing. Remember at the Meltdown oh, show? No. You, said, you don't remember this? This, is, this was, you, you don't remember what you said about me? You said, I said. You said, Dan Levy is so much funnier than he looks like he's going to be. <laughs> what? Was I roasting you? No, I just you said that for no you reason. You said that. It was just, you were just hosting the show. Oh and, my god, I do remember you that. Remember that? I knew it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I, I thought that I took it as a compliment. It, 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 I mean, I'm saying you're super duper funny, but I guess maybe what did it mean to you before I try and think well, what I, I mean? I think because like sometimes you know because I think I probably will like dress you know I don't know maybe because I like will I'll, I'll like. I don't know, maybe I like don't dress like a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I think there is something, and that's probably a good thing at a certain point, where you don't necessarily go up in the comedian uniform with the hoodie and you have something kind of off about you. Yeah. Like I'm basically just picturing Sean O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I don't look like those, I don't have a beard. Right, right, right. right. I don't, like... So you just kind of look like, in a movie, I would cast you as, like, I'm not even trying to make a Jewish joke, like an accountant or somebody like in a suit. Yeah, exactly. Somebody with an office. Which you know is funny because I, mean? I don't like think of myself like that, but I think I right. am like way more. I'm also way more Jewish than I think I am. That I think I appear to be. I mean, I'm very okay with that too. But I think that, that's I like come. I think I come off like you know what you were saying, like the confidence and just sort of like wearing like you know right, like wearing like a, a jacket, like a leather that, jacket. That was the memory <laughs> when you did whatever whatever shoes with all the squares, and that that joke includes the word faggot, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah. So you said faggot <laughs> with like children and parents there, and I was like, this guy's whatever whatever shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, by the way, he says it in a very funny way. Well, so. yeah, because the guy, the kid, called me a faggot. Right, yeah. it, but it's in the store. I, I should have clarified that. You didn't yeah. just like <laughs> point at people in the crowd and Everyone's go. Like, I was kind of into Dan, but he, yeah. he does. He says faggot. Yeah, I turned it off at that point. No, it's part of the story. Yeah, yeah. But I remember watching you, and I thought that was kind of badass. And even in that moment, I was like, Dan's more badass than he looks like he would be. <laughs> yeah, I know. These it's, are all good things. I guess. Yeah. So I guess I, I, I. I guess I come across that I'm confident, but I sure. think, like, internally I'm always like, oh, God, am I, you know, am I, is, is this funny? Like, Right, people, sure. Especially because when I first started, I was, like, so, I feel like I was bigger, like, I was, like, louder and, like, more energetic. Yeah, you falling know, like, down. Like, falling down, all stuff. So I used to, like, really sort of, like, if it wasn't, like, a crazy huge, like, in Boston, like, killing or something, right, it right. just didn't feel, right? And yeah. now that I've become, like, way more sort of, like, 
calmer and which is like a, a I feel like part of being more confident being sure. secure with what I am I feel like it's just I'm always like oh am I funny like this person you know is this person liking me you know right. like, is that you know, I always am sort of like I think that's more. that's necessary as you were talking you, you conjured up this image in my mind that like the inside of a comedian I think is like this ember which is the anxiety basically it's not necessarily a negative thing but it's like a is this any good and that's the fire and then I feel like everything else your talent your hard work your perspective what you look like and all the things that you kind of hone those are the logs that you put on the fire to burn up yeah. but without the like is this anything does everyone hate me you, yeah. can't, you can't get the spark going <laughs> yeah, like that's everyone, the spark like every comedian I think thinks that everyone hates them yeah <laughs> I think that's true and, and what happens is over time we get better at hiding it yeah. Like, I think, like, if you went into, like, a deep, deep meditative state, we could probably talk to baby Dan and have him be like, no one likes me, people are talking about me, I'm a fraud. Yeah. That, Melanie and I were just talking about that. The feeling of still got it is one of the biggest feelings that we're all fighting for. Yeah. Like, even if you do something great, the next day you're kind of like, can I still do that? Can I do that again? Can I reproduce it? Am I anything? And I think part of that is naturally occurring, and then I also I think it's okay to encourage maintaining that hunger yeah. you know what I mean because you don't want to get too comfortable you don't want to be complacent like how old are you I'm 32 32 so we're about the same I'm 30 I just turned 34 so we're, we're roughly the same age. yeah I worry about like uh, losing relevance like not watching the, the shows that everybody's watching not watching the movie that's just a basic thing yeah. but like becoming that old guy who doesn't care because like you get comfortable and then you're like who gives a shit yeah. and then like that's when you start losing your edge but that's good to be worried about that because <laughs> then maybe I won't do it yeah, and no. it's good to worry that you're not funny because then maybe you'll stay funny yeah like I, I feel <laughs> honestly feel like I've just started to become like funny like what I think is funny now there you go you know like, takes about that long doesn't yeah. it yeah how long has it been I mean, uh, I mean really like I mean at least 10 11, 10, 11 years, years. Yeah, yeah sure exactly so we started about the same age yeah and that and it takes fucking forever it takes forever I'm sorry to say this but I want to say I said it on the show before I want to say it to you is the idea that I do have younger guys coming up to me and they want advice and they're frustrated and look I felt frustrated at three years too but you got to hear it again and again like fucking it's gonna buckle up it's gonna oh, take a lot takes forever longer. and there's so many things like I remember because I was in this uh, college comedy thing where like yeah. I was went to Aspen when I was in a sophomore in college you did? yeah holy shit part of this like you know <clears throat> funniest college comedian of the, of the year and it's some Aspen this Aspen thing and it was awesome and I went and I won the thing and I was I forget how Aspen had winners like none of the other festivals have that. yeah it was so weird it, it like, really but but you'd hear rumors like Aziz won Aspen I'm like did they give him golden skis or yeah, something he won before he got there <laughs> Aziz you won we're giving it to Aziz <laughs> next year Thune you're gonna win I haven't even started comedy yet but you're gonna win trust me he just starts growing a beard and, and then he wins <laughs> and then he did win and then he won <laughs> and then he plays the guitar but yeah no so I did good that friend. and then <laughs> good friend of ours come up twice yeah, yeah. Nick Thune and Nick Thune twice yeah there you go uh, keep going okay um, sorry that's alright you go to Aspen as a sophomore and you won I won so I thought wait you won the whole thing no I won the college okay. thing okay and I was like this is gonna be it this is like the game changer and I was like 20. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then, you know, literally, it's like I got like an agent and then nothing. I had a manager. That's what happened? Never called him. Then I had a manager just didn't call me for years. Same thing happened to Nick Thune. Like, I mean, he got some serious heat from doing it very young, very funny. And I I think maybe he got his half hour out of it or something. But like, that, that sort of 
I don't want to say flash in the pan because both of you guys are, are still around. It's still super funny. But you thought that was yeah. You're in the gold. But I think setting. that happens a lot. Like that. Yeah. Ha- then, then for me, that was just sort of like still like the best time I've ever had in comedy because like I was so had no expectations. Yes. When I was there, and I was just sort of like, oh my god. Like I remember. You know, there was like Steve Martin and George Lucas and the they Wayne. were there. They were all there, and I was walking over to everyone. I took a picture of Billy Crystal. Like I was like loving it, and it wasn't even like the Justin Timberlake type of meeting people. I was just like, "What, what Wayne's brothers?" Be like, "I love a living color," and just like hug them. Oh my! Because God. I was so excited. Yeah. And ever Steve Martin? Is Nessie Martin? Yeah. I mean, very you know, briefly sort of like sure. walking around. Who cares? But um, it was like the best thing ever. And then you kind of come back from it, and you're like, "Oh my God! Now what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" And then you're just sort of like, "Oh, this is just a thing." Right. And then and then so, then you do like another festival and then you realize a thing and then you like, you know, well, then, audition for something, you know, and then it's like, it then basically is becomes that you right. you're constantly thinking something is going to be the next giant thing and then you kind of get there and then you're like, "Oh wait, this wasn't it." Right, right. And right. that's when you kind of that for me that's when I kind of get crazy because I'm like, "Well, that guy just had that thing and that became his thing and then right. now like when what is the thing that's going to be the I think Conan always talks about in interviews, uh, he talks about a mosaic, like laying yeah. down tiles. I love this analogy where he's like, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he keeps putting down these little pieces in hopes that when you pull out, you see a big piece of art sort of thing. Yeah. And I think instead of breaking through onto the other side of one big Aspen win, and you know this, yeah. it being like the thing, what we realize is it's like a body of work over 12 years starts to kind of resemble a bathroom floor. Yeah. And then maybe if you're lucky, you get to like do the wall of a church. And then you're like, hey, yeah. I did something. Yeah. Instead of like the thing that makes it happen. Which is why you say like some people probably like look at, you know, me or whatever and think of me like differently than I think of myself. Because sure. they see maybe this like wall or whatever. Right. And but you I'm just like, got your head down. Yeah. And that's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's the, that's the Bill Burr advice that I got that I repeat to everybody, which is keep your head down. Yeah. Don't be a dick and you'll be okay. Just like keep working. Like don't quit. Don't quit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't get divorced. Like stay yeah. in it. Uh, what what is the um, where are you headed now? Like what is your what are your thoughts on what you'd like to do? Well, right now it's sort of like a, you know I was working on Whitney show and that yes. was canceled, but that was on a writing staff for two years. And I never was in. We started talking about it briefly, but I never actually had like a full time day job. Right, and which is a weird thing. It's, it's a, a weird, very weird thing. It's the it first time. I, you did it two years. Two years. See, that's the thing. That's the itch. Like, I did it two years, and then that's... The, I didn't have a wife, but I was, like, having that conversation with myself, which where I was like, do I want to, like, keep doing this? Yeah. Like, and stay in. Yeah. What do you think? I just didn't want... I just was like, you know, I just need to, like, go back to kind of doing what I do, which is sort of, like, right. performing and, like, pitching stuff and just kind of right. get back to, like, my sort of... Right. Where my... And I, honestly, my wife was like, you got it. This is what you got to do. Cause, oh, good. Because she was like... Because I was sort of like... I'm sorry to say good, but I'm surprised because it's so tempting to go, like, there's the job, there's the union, there's the insurance, yeah. there's this, the weekly paycheck, as opposed to the Wild West. But she thinks I'm... And I think, too, I'm just, I think I just thrive better when I'm sort of, like, able to do... All the stuff, sure. You know, oh, you don't have to tell me, but that that just hearing you say that like excites me. I love well, that. Well, yeah, because I just wasn't. You know, when, when you're, you know, when you're in the on these staffs, like it's cool because I never. It sounds silly, but like I didn't realize how many other funny people there were. Yes, you know, because you're sort of you, you go and you, I'm so in like the I have these comedian friends and they're right. the funniest people. Right. But then you go in these writers room, you're like, oh, these guys are really fucking funny. Right. It's like right. a different sort of like funny writers. Yeah, funny writers. And some of them are like in their mid fifties, and you're like, you can't. And then they're just the funniest people you've ever, ever. met, and they just don't. Get a fuck and, and they hate everything I know <laughs> well that's the thing you have to look at the people look they're a miserable stand up comedians but for the most part 
I think the people that I know that have been doing it a long time do it because they love it. A lot of times what happens, at least in some of the writing some of the writers I know, is that they it does become that sort of uh, laying tile job. Like you're just like yeah, well, I that's... go in, it's a piece of shit, I didn't pitch it, I didn't create it, I don't like it. I don't even. give a fuck, yeah. And I also don't give a fuck because I've seen so many passion projects crash and burn. We need to go to the factory, we need to crank out these jokes. There's only ten different types of jokes. Let's make them, let's get home, I have a family. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the feeling I got. No, I know, and that's what you start thinking. You're like, wait a minute, like, oh, you, you know, there's obviously you can make a lot of money, but you can make a lot of money in all sorts of ways in comedy. Yes. You know? And, right. and that's a siren calling you to the rocks, though. The, the idea of the house and the car. Then you have the house and then you have the car and then you, you have to take the job. Yeah. Because you got the mortgage or whatever it is and you yeah. got the payments and, the, and, now you're, and now you're, you know, a 10 year guy. We, and then the thing that makes it the suckiest thing to complain about is it's a dream job. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> for not comedians, though, I feel like it's a dream job for the comedy writer. Yeah. Like, you have other, like, writer friends who are like, oh my god, you know, you're right. going to do another right. sitcom, and you're like, oh, well, I just feel like I need to, like, not do that. Right. Even, honestly, even, like, agents were like, you know, this is, like, you gotta, you should really do the staffing thing, you know? Oh, they were pushing you the And then, they, they were, they were into the idea of me doing more staffing, and then until I was like, you know, I just don't think that this is sort of what I need to do. And right. now they're like very, they're supportive of it now. But I think sure. people kind of get used to it. It's also an easier job as an agent to have, or like, you know, just to have someone on the of show. Of course. And just make money well, you, that's, that's a very smart thing for you to realize. And it's kind of a difficult thing to do. Yeah. But I, I think I, I faced a little bit of that as well. And I, again, I'm not shitting on my agents or managers, but they have like, we could keep pushing Pete and we could roll this into the next thing. Yeah. And then we, we get these 10% checks and it keeps coming in and that's great. Or we can take a chance and let him go in the Wild West on the outside and yeah. see what he, what he picks up. And it could be nothing. Yeah. It could be something better. It's like on The Office where Tim... Did you watch The British Office? I did. He's like, I rolled a three. Yeah. He's like, I could pick up the die and roll it again. Maybe I'll get a five or a six. Mm-hmm. Could also roll a one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... <laughs> That's a really profound thing. Like, yeah. with with your t- TV writing job, you would roll a four, yeah, or maybe a five, even. Yeah. But like, it wasn't the right even. It wasn't even the right color die because you want to be a performer. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any, so, are you trying to pitch things now? Yeah, I'm gonna pitch. Um, uh, I'm gonna be I'm writing a show. F- uh, writing a show for HBO now. Oh, cool! About that, about sneakers. No. <laughs> yeah, like a workplace. Is comedy. it a turtle spinoff? <laughs> it's not turtle. <laughs> it's not gonna be anything to do with Hollywood, which is gonna take place in downtown LA. So it's not gonna be like a oh, okay sort of thing, but it's gonna be like a a workplace comedy in a sneaker shop in a sneaker shop in like a flight club type thing oh cool yeah yeah with a with mean black guy <laughs> mean black guy Korean guy yeah sure yeah. so that's great so that's cool so just to clarify um, this isn't something this is something you pitched and they said write it yeah because there's different ways of writing there, uh, yeah. for, to give a little lesson there's writing it on spec which means for free and then there's times when you go and you say I have this idea they say we like you we want to work with you and then they gave you a, a, some money and some time yes how much time did you get well, they say HBO doesn't really have a time limit. Like, you know, regular networks will have, you know, you sell it in the oh, summer. Oh, right, they can launch up. it whenever. HBO is sort of like, we're HBO. Send us what you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll decide. It's like, all right. So a little stressful. Yeah. So we're sort of like creating our own sort of deadlines just to kind of like do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. For some reason, you reminded me of one time I had to get my sperm tested. Uh, okay, yeah. you want to yeah. tell why? <laughs> That's a weird thing just to kind of say relating to an HBO show. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's even weirder where it goes, but it just came to mind, and I'm going to say it. Is uh, I had to get my sperm tested because I've had like chronic pain in my nuts for six years, ever since my wife and I split. It's not that bad, but it, it comes and goes. I, I think I've talked about it on the show before. I'm not positive, 
But I'm almost positive. Did you check for testicular cancer? Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm yeah. Uh, I always think I have testicular cancer. By the way, right? What do, what's a normal ball feel like? They feel so weird. It's like a matzo a ball. A normal They're... ball feels like a ball with this. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. there's the part where the tube goes into it, and that's where you always think you have some sort of lump. Yeah. And I've then, always... have you ever you've had your nuts checked by a doctor? Several every year. And they go like this. They do a little bit of a cup, and they're like, "You're fine." I know. I don't believe it. Because I'm rolling it around like fucking wine in my mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, "Where is it? Where is it?" No, it's. I get my I get my nuts checked once a year. Uh, some usually sonogram. Uh, oh, what's it called? Your wife had it on her on her a sonogram. A sonogram. Yeah, yeah. You sometimes get a sonogram like every couple of years, but it's nothing. It's it's like a vein that's inflamed that causes yeah. some mild discomfort. Yeah, me too. I had a hydrocele when I was little. Wait, was like, so you have ball pain too? I don't have ball pain, but I have a ball like a ball you know texture issue. Really? <laughs> yeah. We just start a club. <laughs> we did. Hannibal had testicular uh, torsion or something. We that? all got bits out of it. Did you get a bit out of it? <laughs> I think I had a bad bit about it. <laughs> I think it was like an early one. But That's where Cuervo came out yeah. and told the story. <laughs> I had I have this bit, and as I'm saying the story, I'm like, oh, maybe I should bring that bit back. I'll write it down later. Yeah. But it's the idea that, like, um, I they were like, just to be sure, let's make sure you're not shooting blanks. Just as a, as a precaution. It wasn't going to help. But you had to go and, and jerk off in a cup. And the weird thing is, is they I have a whole bit about it. But they put me in this. There's no designated room. This is all part of the bit. Mm-hmm. I won't do the bit. But I'm just saying, <laughs> there's no designated room. So they eventually just put me in this office. Yeah. And I went in the office. And this is what brought it to mind. With HBO, there's no time. And there's no, like, appropriate... How long... Do you take to come in a cup? Is what I'm saying. They put you in the office, and if you just bang it out, you know what yeah. I mean? Like done. Like 30 seconds later, like that skeleton is hot as shit. That's embarrassing. But if you take too long, that it's embarrassing. Yeah. Like you couldn't do it, even with or, a. Or you come out and you say, "Didn't did it work for me? Do you have any other videos?" There were no videos. What'd you just look at? No videos. I had a single JPEG of pornography oh. on my phone that I. This was a, a while ago, so it was like I think it was on like my trio. Okay. You know, remember the trio? Took your little thingy out. And- <laughs> yeah, I had the stylus. I'm pointing at her ass. It was a girl. This is important to the story. She was bending over. It was like very. It was pretty tasteful. It was like she was just bending over, not really displaying anything. It was just like a picture of her ass. <laughs> the reason I say that was. In a clinical setting, it looked like she was bending over for an exam. <laughs> it wasn't like, fuck me. It was like, I hope it's okay. So it was like the least erotic place in the world. But anyway, your HBO thing brought that random flare-up that's, of memory to mind. That's going to be a part of it. Well, you can, you can come whenever you want and bring it back to HBO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're working on it now. I'm working on it now, and I'm going to do a bunch of... I'm like booking a bunch of dates yeah. to do... You know, I think there's going to be like some sort of Comedy Central college... Some sort of college, Comedy Central live tour. I think I'm going to host. That'll be fun. Oh, cool. And is that is that in tandem? Like you want to stay sharp and do stand up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... ideally, I would like to you know do an hour special next year. Uh-huh. So that's sort of what I'm like building towards. Yeah. Because I basically you know the stand up stuff sort of got you know not you know, basically got to put to the side with all the writing stuff because I did that album and then right when the album came out was when I started Whitney season one. So I never like toured and promoted or anything. So I just like I didn't burn a bunch of material. I didn't burn it because I have an album, but like it was sort right. of like I wish I was at a, I taped it. Right. Because I never was in a it or anything. So right. now, now I'm sort of... Uh, Rebuilding. Re- rebooting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm excited for you. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Where, what is your... Do you write here at home or... I sort of... Yeah, I write... Yeah, write, write at home. And then I've been going to like just like small rooms and sort of like writing this idea and then it's like talking. It's oh, like, you mean your, your stand-up? I, stand-up. I the oh, they, oh that stuff. Either one is fun. I actually like going to coffee shops. I was going to say with the, with the baby, it's got to be... Yeah. I get very... 
grouchy when I'm deliberately writing. Yeah. Like, very testy. Yeah, I like to go to a coffee shop and just sort of procrastinate and right. drink a lot of coffee and right. check the internet and then Do go you ever want to stand it. up and declare that you're being paid to write your script <laughs> unlike everyone else in the coffee shop? <laughs> I know. I that, put out a sign. That's like a, you should. There should be a special hat that you wear to <laughs> be like not an aspiring writer. I'm well, writing. At Starbucks, there was one guy who was wearing a hat that just said writer. I think I put it on my Instagram because it was the best oh thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, that is the hat. Is he want these. What we're joking about is he wants to be like I am a writer. Yeah, I know. You're, like, if you're wearing the hat, hat. You are not a writer. There was a kid that went to my college that had a hat that said Gordon College Pre Med, and our college didn't have a pre med major. <laughs> it had a biology major, pre med content. But this guy made a hat, <laughs> yeah. and it had like the medical symbol. You know, that once like... you're embroidering, you, 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 it's not working out. <laughs> if you're embroidering, yeah. you're a liar. Embroidery is the craft of liars. <laughs> you're trying to impress us with your stitching. There's no pre-med major here, happen. and you're not a writer. No, you're not. That's fantastic. Well, all right. So Whitney's done. Whitney's done. That's good. That was good. Yeah. And now you learned a lot, and now you're going to hopefully sell this this next show. Yeah. I guess we could. Well, I'm interested in how you met your wife. Okay. How's that? How's that going? Not not right now. How did it happen? How did it happen? Yeah. Well, it's sort of. Uh, it's back. It's 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 definitely going to be dated because Friendster's involved. Oh shit. Yeah. I at least that's that's like your shoes. It's nostalgia. It is. Already, I'm kind of like I remember Friendster. I, I never got on Friendster. Oh, you didn't. You were an early uh, bloomer. I was. You got on there. I went on there, and um, well, the Friendster comes in later. But basically, I was walking. I was auditioning. I I was auditioning for something. And I was wa- walking to this audition, and then she walked past me, and she she's an actress as well. She she was that's she's a writer, but she does wa- she have the hat? <laughs> she has the hat. She has a hat and a shirt and pants in the back. <laughs> Ma'am, can I see your shirt? Okay, all right. She's in the guild. She's in the guild. She and so her best friend, who's her writing partner, Mm -hmm. um, boy or girl, Audrey, Audrey. Okay, yeah, sure. Told her, said, hey, you know, she said, sorry, she told Audrey, if you ever have any Jewish guys, like, let me know. And then Audrey was like, oh, well, I went to school with um, this guy Dan. You should look at his website. She pulled up my website from this is two thousand five. Which is a very funny website where I'm wearing a t-shirt and a tie and pointing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all be haunted by the the, the history of our website. The worst websites. Yeah. So um, she was like, oh, that that guy looks cute. And then nothing ever happened. And then I was walking past her. Wait. I'm sorry. Audrey showed Rachel the website. Yeah. So she saw my website. She saw you with a tie, keeping it casual, but formal. (laughs) Formal. And and indicating somewhere. Yeah. Mean like I'm coming to you, NECA. That's, that's what my face looked like. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I just got I just met a, a wonderful college comedian. I'm forgetting his name. He gave me his card, and his card said, "And I understand." I'm card not, is like the embroidery of comedy. I, it, it is. It's the worst. It is. You, you don't need a card. When people say you don't have a card, I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. There's if you're no funny, card. you don't need a There's card. There's no card. No more card. Yeah. If you're doing NACA, I understand that you might need a card because you hand them out. That's fine. So I'm giving this guy the benefit of the doubt, okay. and he was a sweetheart. But his card said college comedian, and it made my dick went inside my body. Yeah, like, man. I just hate that that little uh, prefix, oh, you know what I mean? The college comedian. I also don't like a prefix menu. No. <laughs> let, me, let me choose. Okay, good. So, all right, so she sees your horrible website. She college horrible comedy website. of she Jan walks, She walks by me and she Campus goes, friendly. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. Yes, I'll riff a bit about the name of your cafeteria. <laughs> you sure. RA jokes? Got it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I always would, like Bob Hope, before I did a college, I'd go, what's the name of the cafeteria? Are there any statues on campus? What's yeah. the name of the of the dean or whatever? Like, give me the president's name. What's the mascot? I was like, fuck Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Break. I one time did a college and they told me that the name of the cafeteria was The Butt. And I was like, well, you just gave me ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. You just and gave I, me an hour. <laughs> they went nuts. It was so easy when it was good. Yeah, I did a University of Florida, the, the Gator Growl, which is like that crazy thing. Yeah. And uh, basically, I was like, who are you playing tomorrow? And they're like, playing Mississippi. So I literally went on stage. It was like the stadium. It was like this crazy sort of like home kind of thing. And I just go, fuck Mississippi. And it was just people screaming for five minutes. Really? Yeah. And that counts as your time. And that was it. Good night. You should have closed with that. <laughs> and fuck Mississippi. <laughs> so anyways, we're walking. Yes, walk. She walks past me and she's on the phone. And she goes, oh, hey. And, I go, and I'm like, who's this hot girl that's like saying hi to me? And I go, yeah. hey. I go, hey. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, I don't. No. I, I, and then it got super awkward because she was like, oh, I, my friend showed me your website. And I'm like, let's hang out. <laughs> you said let's hang out? Let's hang out. No, that's the exchange. And, and she says... I'm on the phone and I have a boyfriend and I go, all right, well, you know, whatever, you know, see you soon. It was like super, it was really awkward. Yeah. So then she went home. Broke up with her boyfriend. <laughs> I just saw a guy who wears a tie and a t-shirt. And was pointing at me like he did his website. <laughs> and she basically. <laughs> she walked away and you point at her just like the website yeah. and that's what made her Does heart this ring a bell? <laughs> Every time you do it, it kind of works. I, I want to click on tour dates, but where does it float above your head? Are you in the mid-eastern uh, region anytime soon in 2006? <laughs> so, anyway, so she basically goes home, and then I get a um, Friendster request from her. Oh, shit. And I was like, uh-oh. So yeah. I clicked it. You know, That's so layer one of Let's be day. friends. Yes. And then I just you know, wrote her, like, it was good meeting you. You know, shalom or something, something funny. Shalom. <laughs> I said shalom. So I knew she was Jewish. I knew that would get you know. Was her Jewish boyfriend girls. Jewish? He was, I think. He was. He was. So, uh, then, so you didn't have that angle. I didn't have that angle. So, <laughs> and he was like also rich, and it was. I was definitely. It was. It was going to take us some time. You were an underdog. I was an underdog. You were Mississippi. I really was. <laughs> and I was just trying, and then I then basically I was Frenching her back and forth for a while. Then got her I am. I mean, this is like two. Yeah, know. no. I got her I am, it. and then I am was going strong, and then you know it was like a month or two months, and then she finally broke her boyfriend, and then we started dating. And then how did she break that to you? That she broke her boyfriend. Was it a status thing? Well, Friendster didn't have the relationship status. Problem. No, it was just me constantly being like, "Did you break up with your boyfriend yet?" Because uh, I was like going pretty strong. You were. Boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That faucet's hot. It is. And then, <laughs> and then finally, you know, it, I broke her down. She broke up with this guy. <laughs> And then, millions gone. Millions gone. Would you like to be with a guy who's constantly worrying about his career? <laughs> or a millionaire. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> yeah, and then you point again. Yeah, I point again. And she chose you. So that's sort of... And then we, then we basically just started dating. And, you know, it took a while to sort of like... Because then we... You know, like I said with her, too, I was like in it right away. I was like, we are... I love yeah. you, you know. What I'm sorry to be so I, I don't mean to be crass. What number are we like with relationships? Is this an early this is no, I think uh this is like probably 6 or 7. 6 or 7. So so pretty pretty early. Yeah, pretty I early. I mean you, you 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 uh but still some There's experience. a few girls from college and like Rachel makes fun of me that I like 
We'll refer to them as my ex-girlfriends, even though we only really did hook up for ah, So there's a few, maybe a little more. You're breaking seven. up with them, and they're like, look, Devin, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I know. It's Dan, damn it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so um, you start dating, and then you dating. told her, I, I have a tendency to be all in right away. Um, no, I know that. You I, didn't. I just was. <laughs> I just was doing You didn't warn her. No, I just kind of was doing my oh, And thing. was she in all in all the time? No. No. she was like, hey, I just like got out of this relationship and I just can't like jump right in this. Right. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I remember, I remember very, very clearly, I went to <laughs> Vegas to see Jerry Seinfeld live. Hey! Which was the best ever! <laughs> best show of my life! It really was. It's a great show! It really was. Come to the show! It's, it's a show! Cell phones! It was, What's up with them? It you got was, no signal? You got a signal? There's no signal! Where's the signal? <laughs> I can't find it! <laughs> Good night! Anyway. <laughs> That's his closer. Cell phones, no signal! Good night! But I never laughed harder. Yeah, really? Ever. Really? Couldn't believe it. Because wow. I, I, you know, love Seinfeld. I saw him at the Rosewood in, uh, outside of Chicago, but I was way back, too far back. Oh, okay. What, was, what year is this? This was 2005. So that's about around when I saw him. He was doing the thing about weddings. No one wants to go to your goddamn wedding. Yeah. So good. Oh, just like crying, laughing. Yeah. And then I remember like <laughs> calling her and being like, because I went with my friend uh, who was a girl, just like a friend, and, I, and to Vegas, see Seinfeld, and then come back. Sure. I remember calling her. She wasn't calling me back. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like getting real crazy. And I was like, what's happening? And I was like texting her. Hey, what's going on? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. And then she. What's the deal with you not coming <laughs> back? Seinfeld. It's me. <laughs> Boyfriend, I'm a friend. I'm a boy, and I'm a friend, I'm a boyfriend. And she, and she was like, "Oh, um, I can't talk. I'm camping." And I was like, "Wait a minute, who are you camping with?" Oh and shit! You don't just go camping. Who the fuck is Steve? Yeah, who the fuck is Steve? That's washing panties in the river, and that was like, like uh... camping. I mean, this is like this was not okay. But you also went to Vegas with a girl. That was her thing. <laughs> But you're don't both. be on her side. <laughs> you're both in the wrong. No. Or you can just be really easy breezy and be like, who cares? Fuck why you're camping. <laughs> yeah. No laws in the woods. Who can die? What happens in the woods stays in the woods. I should have, but I lost my mind. But not, not like on her, but I was like, I understand. Out. And then, and then um, basically we got over the, the camping thing. Where, where was she? She went like camping. I don't even with know a fella with, with 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 a fella and some other people. Groups of girls don't go camping solo. <laughs> no, that's where there's there, that's where gender roles really kind of yeah. become more. You never hear like ten girls like going to Big Bear for the weekend. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, maybe, but probably not. Probably not. They're all sinking up and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was so that happened. And then once we got over the the camping fiasco of 2005, <laughs> Campgate, Campgate, we got together. And uh, then it worked out. That is fantastic. Yeah. So you did, are you okay with airing your grievances, Festivus style? You yeah. can say, I didn't like that you went camping. Yeah. And she's okay with saying, I didn't love that you went to see oh, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. No, that happened then. Your yeah. hot friend, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Any name other than Rachel. And I yeah. Said Rachel. Uh, so you're a good communicator like that? I yeah. say that because I'm bad at that. Yeah, now, now, now I'm good. Now like, I feel like I have to be. The only thing right. is I don't listen as much now. To what she's saying. Because you don't have to. I don't have to. You so already blew a baby up her, so <laughs> what's she going to do? Yeah, so a lot of times that's our new our new fights, which is you don't listen to me. Is that right? Because I do a lot of smiling and nodding. That's my <laughs> thing she said. 
<laughs> I smile she in that. Got, she cracked your code. Yeah, I know. Because I just always go, mm, like that. I'm just on Twitter. You, you <laughs> thought you had it figured out. Smile, nod, eye contact. And, and that's she all was I like, need. Then one day she said, yeah, and then maybe me and the baby will eat some arsenic. And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's all that kind of stuff. Or like I used to always be like, yeah, whatever your mom, if your mom's, that's cool if your mom thinks so. Oh, and she's like, my mm. God. I said you want to go to Target. My mom's in Tampa. So it was like that sort of shit. <laughs> how are the in-laws? I, I have a bit about how I've always hated my uh, girlfriend's parents and stuff, which is an exaggeration. Sometimes they're lovely people. Yeah, they're, joke. They're, um, they're, they're very lovely people, very different than my like very loud Jewish family. Like, she, Wait, is Rachel not Jewish? She's Jewish. Uh-huh. But they're, my parents like New York Jews. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dah! You know, yeah, very that doubles up on the Jew. The yeah. New York Jew is a double Jew, and they're very into like everything we're doing at all times. Like my mom, you know, they, invasive. They, yeah, they love it. Boundaryless, like, boundaryless, like yeah. lo- loving it. And her parents are like her dad's like a professor, and her mom was a Where teacher in Tampa. Well, they're from oh, Tampa. Tampa. You just said Tampa, sure. And you know, her dad's a vir- virologist. So what like, is that? Uh, a viruses? microbiologist. Oh, a microbiologist. And he studies you know viruses. So he like will go to like Brazil. And like talk about viruses, and I don't even, you know, we, oh we, I don't really, we don't really talk about that much stuff. We kind of walk around like, how is the virus world? Oh God, <laughs> but they're so nice, but yeah. they're very different than yeah than, than I am. Yeah, no, it's weird when you're led into someone else's family. Those first meals and stuff, where you're just like, like I think I've said this on the show, uh, but the idea that like. Um, my family doesn't like openly argue like we're good passive aggressive Irish Lithuanian like you know <laughs> Eastern European yeah, yeah. stoic and like they, they, these little wars happening but, you know my father's side of the family is a lot more brash and like yelly and like yeah. they're, they're really really loud but then I would go over girlfriends houses and just like even something as small as like celebrating a holiday differently oh, yeah. which everybody does you're just kind of like Wait, you guys have like a regular tree and then you have like mini trees with little cards on it and stuff. You're like, <laughs> I, know. I get like kind of xenophobic almost. Yeah, it's so weird, especially, you know, they're, it's weird. My, my family isn't, we're like, my dad's become very religious. Yes. And her parents are like very Jewish in the way where they like are like socially very Jewish. Yep. But it's weird because like they're not like, my, my I can't even explain it, but it's, it's sort of this weird thing where you go there and it's like, we're not going to go to Temple, but we're going to talk about, like, you know, what's happening in this holiday and stuff like that. And then, oh, and then I see. She's friends with a lot of, like, people. More culturally come... Jewish, but interested in the history. Yeah, and that's, and my family is, like, my mom, like, loves being around Jews, and she loves holidays, and she doesn't want to go to Temple, but my dad has become, like, very Jewish after his parents. Right. Stuff. So it's oh, sort of a weird. So after I, his parents I, died, you mean? Yeah, died. Left, left the, left the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird way to say I've never said that before. After my grandparents left. I was like, how interesting. Very new agey. They yeah. just left this they world. Left, they left okay. this world. So he became like Orthodox, not Orthodox, but like Temple, like pretty much like every day. And so, so like a modern interpretation, yeah. but into it, into it, very into it. Like, what does that mean? I'm sorry to be ignorant, but does he he doesn't necessarily like a fundamentalist Christian? Yeah, will believe in the literal seven day creation of the world. And, yeah, and the snake and Adam and Eve and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what a fundamentalist. Jew no, is no, like. it just becomes like. Or, or enthusiastic Jew. Yeah, I think it's just more about like you know just observing all the holidays. Right. And that's a lot. You know, yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot. They're like Jewish holidays in yeah, September. Yeah. It's one big month of Jewish <laughs> holidays. But you know, and and just sort of going to like you know the minions when you know if someone dies and kind of being like there, like and just doing all that stuff. Right. Just sort of being very involved in the temple. Right. But not like pilgrimages. No, or... not like he's not going to Israel and yeah. like you know. Have you ever been? I haven't. It's it's great. It's a, lot. It's a fun time. It's a fun, it is a fun time. 
now that I'm older and I'm aware of my mortality, I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much because I went when I was 21. Yeah, I should have gone there. there, There's that Marshall Living, not Marshall Living. There's the birthright. Yeah, where if you're a certain age, sure, you get to go for free, and I just did not go. Yeah, I should have went. I signed up. Yeah, I regret that. Signed up. I signed up. Could have gone. I could have gone. Free. Israel. Free. Jewish. Free. Israel isn't real. (laughs) Good go. What, what about religion now? We usually do that at the end of the show. I mean, I, I'm not even keeping track of time. We can talk about whatever. Yeah. You were raised uh, any any sort of religiously Jewish or? Not really. I mean, I had a bar mitzvah, so yeah. I went to Hebrew school. But that's like, if you don't have a bar mitzvah, you're a fucking weirdo, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, like weird. in Jewish if circles. Yeah. If you're, if you're, yeah, that's just sort of like, what? I, I can hear the typical, like, you would never bar mitzvah. Yeah, you know, no, like somebody's, somebody's like going to come weird. and get you. It's like, what was your bar mitzvah theme? Right. You're like, oh, no, I have a bar mitzvah. And how much money did you get? I remember being jealous of my friends making like $1,000 at their bar yeah. mitzvah or whatever. And also just like having their family pay them so much attention. Yeah. My, I'm not trying to say this to be a sad sack. My father still doesn't know how old I am often <laughs> when we're talking on the phone. So like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just not how his brain works. So yeah. I remember seeing the big deal of the bar mitzvah and being like, everyone's here for Josh? You know what I mean? And everyone yeah. went nuts. People, yeah, people love the, that, that whole bar mitzvah thing was sure. so crazy. But I was in this uh, terrible, like, uh, snowboarding accident, like, right before bar mitzvah. Not snowboarding, I took a boogie board down a snow hill in Connecticut. Oh, God. Slip my knee up and need, like, 40 stitches, and then it got affected, and I was like, I basically didn't go to seventh grade because I was, like, on an IV. Because I what? had a staph infection. It was, like, real crazy. Wait, so you're on a boogie board. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is intense. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> take a few steps back. <laughs> back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he does is a closer. Yeah. That's a new character. Closer sign. Picture frame. Frame for the job. I didn't do it. Good night. Closer Seinfeld. Closer Seinfeld. Sneakers? I don't got to sneak in these. They go squeak, squeak, squeak. Terrible for sneaking. Loafers? Good for loafing. Good night. Sorry. Seinfeld was a real sneaker person, though, by the way. I know he is. Yeah. He loved Reeboks, I believe. Reebok? <laughs> Reebok? Let me buck first before I Reebok. Don't you buck at me. Good night. I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're never going to stop doing this. We won't, it's just too fun. I love doing new material Seinfeld. <laughs> shoe box, open it up, no shoes. Old pictures, old picture box. Box me out, good night. You just have to find like another way to look at something, and yeah. then another way to look at another thing. And then, then, then you're Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Then yeah. you're Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. So you're on a boogie board. I'm on a boogie board. Which is like a mini surfboard. Yeah, which is a Does that, so styrofoam that works. surfboard. Why um, did you have that on a skiing hill? Um, that's a good question. Because there's not a lot of... Not, not of I was nowhere near the ocean in Connecticut. But, uh... Hey, bro! Yeah. You look like you want to make a mistake that's going to ruin 7th grade. There you go. <laughs> so I took it, and I went on the snow hill with my friend. And, well, you're uh, doing what I always wanted. I have no balance. So I always wanted to go down a ski hill on something other that I didn't have to stand up on. Yeah, well, I never also snowboard. So this was a bad idea, like, going into it. Sure. And I went down, and I remember I started going down, and I fell. Yes. And when I hit the ground, I felt like this like liquid, like rubbing that going. Wait, you're you're on your on your stomach? No, no, I was standing. You stood on it. Yeah, like a I want like to be, a surfer. I want to be like a cool surfer in the snow. <laughs> oh no! 
<laughs> that's the doctor when they when they roll you into the air. Like yeah. he wanted to be like a cool surfer in the snow. I see this every day. <laughs> As he's giving you forty stitches. I was just screaming and blood's like running down my leg, and I just what saw did it. you hit? A rock. Ooh. And the rock just busted open my knee, busted Ooh. open the pant. It was like a disaster. Ugh. And I needed all these stitches, and then it got infected. And it oh. was it was right before our misfile. It was right before the middle school musical. Oh. <laughs> I had an audition for the musical yeah. at my house. Yes. Oh God. It was it was really bad. And uh, you auditioned at your house. Yeah, that's the, another story. The, another story. <laughs> um, and I just would. I was on this weird schedule. It's like a seventh grader. Yes. And I was just uh, just basically watching like all daytime TV, and then I watched Letterman every night. Like I was just like in this weird things. I wouldn't like. Have, oh. I had like didn't really have homework. I was like kind of homeschooled by this one lady, but she was played boggle with me, and that was sort of the home. Right, right, right. It was this weird sort of dynamic. You're both phoning it in. Yeah, we both didn't give a fuck. (laughs) When they paid her at the end of the day, they just put it in in the cup. (laughs) Shake it up. You get nothing. (laughs) We're teaching you nothing. I definitely did not learn anything in seventh grade, so I don't know if there's anything that... Still great at Boggle, though. (laughs) Still great at Boggle. It'll boggle your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Loving it. Um, Yeah, so that that was around my bar mitzvah. So, like, my bar mitzvah was, like, a little sort of foggy because I, um... Was just like in a, I was so like pale and skinny, and I just and was on crutches. I wasn't drugged, but I was just getting over like the infection. Yeah, and so uh, you're on crutches and pointing at the Torah with a, <laughs> the golden finger. No, I wasn't on crutches at that point, but I remember oh. like my whole bar mitzvah was like when I took the boogie board down the mountain, I felt like the Israelis. <laughs> like, uh, like, <laughs> oh, you had to like make analogies and stuff. The whole thing, yeah. of course. So that's why I'm planting yeah. this tree in Israel right, to right, remember right. my knee, right? And that rock, well, let's call it Haman. <laughs> it was so Ooh, like that. Yeah. And that was during my bar mitzvah theme party. My bar mitzvah theme, stand-up comedy. <laughs> was it? Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, you could sit at the Catch a Rising Star table. You could sit at the... Shut up. Well, this sounds like some outlier shit. Like, you were taken out of circulation, like like a prison. You were taken out yeah. of the general public and into your home with nothing much to do other than, like you said, watch Letterman all the yeah. time, play Boggle, which is a hilarious game. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's where, is that where you became obsessed? with stand-up or was it early? No, I was always obsessed with stand-up. Like, really? Like, yeah. Because I started doing like improv and, you know, like theater when I was nine. Because I had like a... When I was in fourth grade, I was a lot of problems in school. Like I sort of had like really low self-esteem and I couldn't like get along with like hmm. kids and the teachers were like having problems with me. So my mom like was trying to figure out something to do and I couldn't... I didn't like sports. I was like never into sports. Right. Ever. So um, my mom... I think of Matt Goldich's joke about Red oh, yeah. Rover, Red Rover, send the Jews on over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, four of the most unathletic kids. <laughs> I'm just doing Norm MacDonald as <laughs> Matt Goldich for some reason. Hey, that's good. So uh, yeah, you didn't like sports? So I didn't like sports. I wasn't doing any, any that kind of stuff. So my mom, there was this curtain call, which was like this like, like little theater that opened up in Stanford, mm-hmm. Connecticut, and I started going there when I was nine, and basically it sort of like changed my life, because I started like doing that, I was like loving it, we did improv and comedy, and I was taking comedy classes. And okay, and it opened you up. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and then, during that time, I became like obsessed with like stand-up, and, and we were doing, we were in a sketch comedy troupe, like in my middle school, and then in high yes. school, and I was doing like, we would perform in New York. Yeah. It was really, it was crazy, and then That's I started phenomenal. doing like two men, one of my friends in the comedy troupe, then we started like performing like together, I remember one time we would do... Two man improv is the closest you can get to stand up. Yeah, well, we would do like sketches too, so right. it was almost like a two man. I remember, but you know, it's just you and the other guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it has the spotlight factor. Exactly. Stand up, and we would do it at comedy clubs. Like we would go to like really. We start off with we'd go to like Don't Tell Mamas. Then we would do we would do like the bringer shows at like Caroline's and these places. And we thought at the time our comedy we were like we are 
it was one of those things again. Like this is this is We've it. We've done it. We've done it. We're on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. we're Carol Literally on Broadway. But literally, we we had no idea that it was like these bringer shows. Right. And I remember there was one point like the big the big guests and you know you have those bringer shows. There's always like one comedian guest, like a real comedian. And right. one of the shows was the Sklar Brothers. Really. And they were so another Jew duo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a duo. Duo. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Another duo closes. Duo. Duo. Two Jews. Duo. Good night. <laughs> Standing out every time, every time. So we, uh, so I was doing. So basically, yeah. So always obsessed with with comedy. And then it got more so, like as I was in high school. And, and well, Mulaney, I texted Mulaney. I said, what, "What what's weird about Dan?" And then he said, "Ask about his theater teacher." Is that what is what we're talking about? Oh yeah. No. Well, well. <laughs> that was a very telling. <laughs> well, I don't know what I, I had there. Well, I guess Ooh. there was a theater teacher. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Yes. Um, well, there was a theater teacher who I, I loved, still love, and um, <laughs> well, basically in the in the middle of I was in high school, but like in it, he was he was a teacher at a different school, and basically like in the, our whole theater community got like a call, and they were like, we need to talk about you know this this teacher. There's been like a He's, he's, someone was been molested. Oh, and it was, uh, and it was really kind of crazy. And wait, we, it was him. It was it was that teacher. Yeah. So it was a teacher who like everyone kind of liked and everyone thought was great and like had no sort of issues with. And then it was like this weird thing because he's been around forever. And uh, it was hard because now looking back at the time, a lot of the parents were sort of I guess now that I've talked to, like them as like an adult, like looking back, they kind of were they realized that this kid was not lying and this was actually a real thing that happened. But all of us as, like, you know, kids that were sort of like, this is the best person ever, like, no way this is true. And there was, like, meetings about it and... Wait, it was really, like, the movie Doubt. Like, whether or not he did it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess... And he, he was so loved that people were saying so he loved. didn't do it. He didn't do it. I mean, I, I still don't know exactly what happened. I mean, I never really... Sorry to interject. It's just nagging me. Boy or girl? I feel like it, it changes the story. Oh, the, it, it, was, it was a boy who was m- molested. molested. Yeah, And how old? Um, allegedly molested. Allegedly molested. He was, like, 15. Because 15-year-old girl, I mean, unless he was gay, I mean, were they in love with it? Wasn't that, that. that was the weird thing, because, like, I don't know if this guy, I, I don't even know, I didn't know the, the kid, and I don't know where, what he who he is now, if he right. is gay or whatever, but, like, it seemed that the teacher was gay, and it seemed like the kid might have been gay, so I don't know if there was some sort of, like, uh. so there was a lot of, like, talk of, like, was it a thing that he was sort of, like, if if was the kid the one like trying to like you know right. hook up with the teacher was young the te- teacher yeah I don't the know subject I'd sing the whole song <laughs> oh, school girl fantasy I do sing I, the whole song yeah oh, so God. that was, that was uh, yeah so that that happened that was like very and and I still kept in touch with the teacher like I would like see him when I was in college and I just because I just never even now I don't know like what yeah happened but it was weird for me what happened to the guy did he get fired. He got fired, yeah. He did. And he was sort of this guy who came to my house when I had my knee slit open and auditioned me for the show and got me in the show. Uh, you know, like, yeah. so, and, but then there was, like, another, then I went on, like, a teen tour, and then the teen tour got shut down because the ca- a counselor molested someone there. So it was this weird thing where they were, like, I was kind of, like, being, like, chased by... Yeah, narrow misses. Yeah. And now I'm doing jokes about joke about it where it's like like how annoying was I <laughs> like because I was like <laughs> I was there I was ready to go I was dying I'm dead I'm, I'm dying for attention <laughs> what's so bad about me yeah. 
so it was sort of these weird sort of things that kept on happening, and I remember my mom being like really sort of worried. It's just sort of, and now obviously it's a huge. You know, Sandusky and all the stuff that's happening. Yeah, it's sure, become a yeah. bigger deal than it was. I mean, it always was a big deal, but now it just seems like it's more uh, talked about. Yeah. And it was really... It, it was a really hard time because we had... Our whole community of, like, theater kids were sort of having these, like, kind of, like, boardroom meetings. Yeah. To figure out what's going on. And I feel like the... Our, like, teachers, our other teachers didn't really know what to say, you know? Yeah. And it was a really sort of... Uh, it was sad for everyone involved. Yeah. It's a, it's a no win. I yeah. mean, what what do you do? Yeah. And now, where is the teacher? You said you still like now, him. Now, he... I haven't spoken to him in, in a couple of years now, but now, I think he's still doing, you know, theater somewhere. Like, I think he's still involved somewhere, but I don't know right. where. But it Probably. was... Here, I thought Mulaney was loading us up for some wacky some wa- tale. It's just like a sad... <laughs> I mean, he likes that I was Rooster in Annie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's just a different story. Yeah. I played Rooster in Annie. Okay. I'm saying Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a lady part? <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know Rooster how was, that was. Uh, Rooster was the guy who uh, wanted to get to Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of all you really know about this character. I was Bruce Street had orange hair. Easy Street, not be, is that a sexual thing? I, I'm not that familiar with no, that. No, it's thing. like, Easy Street, <laughs> e, that's where I want to be. It's like that sort of thing where he wants to get to Easy Street where he's rich. Because he's Rooster, he wants to get Easy Street. Oh, God. <laughs> so when did you start doing stand-up? I, I, I started, like, officially doing stand-up stand-up. Easy Street. <laughs> Yeah. Easy Street. Easy Street. That's where I want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, you, if there's video of me doing Easy Street, it is uh, basically an impression of me doing Jim Carrey doing Easy Street. Uh, did he do it? <laughs> no. Are you, are you just, just such no, an I'm influence? No, I'm just really into Jim Carrey when I was like a junior in high school. Of course. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, Give it a whirl. So, uh, so wait, where were we stand up? You, stand you're up. So from Easy Street, from Easy Street to, to Difficult Street. <laughs> so it's, then, a hard, it's a hard street. It's a hard street. Heard about Easy Street? Nothing makes sense. <laughs> um, Where's Medium Street? <laughs> Come on, yeah. Premium Blend app. <laughs> when so, did you do Premium Blend? I did Premium Blend. <laughs> when did I do Premium Blend? I did. Did pre- we do it the same year? Probably. Did you, I did it. Do you do it? I think it was we did the last year before there was like yeah, Gotham. Yeah, yeah. So I think was, we did. Yeah, so it was that year. I don't know when that was. Two thousand five, six. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were saying when you started? So when I started, like, my first stand-up set, like after after apart all from the, the two guys, yeah, was uh, when I went to um, when I was in Boston. Basically, like the first Sunday. I was in Emerson. I went to Dick Doherty's Comedy Vault, the open mic. Yeah, never been. Um, it's it's awesome. It's like a real. It's just like this like really a Bostony like. Comic club in a basement. They That's what scares me about it. Yeah, it's, it, it was. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, when I think about it, there was like a lot of fun times there, but I wouldn't right. want to like go back there. I wouldn't want right. to be like tape my special at the comedy vault. Right, right. <laughs> I never do well in Boston. I really? never do as well as I'd like to do, it, unless it's a me show. Like if it's me doing the Paradise, that was one of the best shows of my life, and it was a great night. Yeah. But like if I do uh, like you know the Hong Kong, I love doing it. Yeah. But it's always a, a bit a of a weird struggle. Room. That's a weird room. Maybe it's just the Hong Kong. I, I but mean, that's the it, only one I do. Yeah, that's a great room, but it, it, it used to be, you know, a weird sort of... You can't just go in and start killing right away. I feel like it's Boston... It's not a kill room. It's not a kill room. No, there used to be the Comedy Connection. When, when I, I first know, started, the Comedy Connection. I started. Yeah. The with, the, with, what was the owner's name? Uh, Rick? No, no that's... that's the, the, the booker was Joey. The, Joey. 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 Joey, who you know, like, I think... 
you know, the the story is that he got, like, beat up by, like, a bunch of people who owed him, he owed money to during Colin Quinsett. Really? That was, like, yeah, I think, I don't know if that's totally true, but that was, like, the the, the fable. Oh, Austin. no. Crazy. He was so scary. He was he was the guy who, if I'm ever at a comic club to this day and I see the red light, I wrap it up. Because he drilled it in your head where if you did not get off stage the fucking red light, you're not coming back here for a month. Really? And he was so intense about that. And he would sit there. He would sit in the corner of the stage when, when you know, and he would just look at his watch. Oh. And, and I remember this, like, having awesome sets of the comedy connection because it was, like, you know, the Caroline's in, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. big. Perfect setup. Awesome. Like, Very was, 90s. Yeah, so wacky 90s. Door. Wacky door. Piano. background. Fake piano. <laughs> and you'd go off stage and you'd be like, oh, my God, I fucking killed. And you'd be like, 15 seconds. Over. Really? <laughs> you'd be like, okay. 15 seconds over? 15 seconds over. For fuck's sake, Joe. You, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> this is how you fucking work in this fucking club. He would be so fucking serious. And just to this day, I still get like so. When I see the red light, it's just like you gotta get off stage. You know, looking back, I just didn't have any skin. Forget about a thick skin. I, I think I've told this story before. Again, who cares? I called and tried to get on the open mic. You, remember, you had to like call to yeah. get on the open oh, mic. Oh yeah, you had to call him. Call him. You had to call him, and then he would have to pick up, and sometimes he wouldn't. Right. And he told me he would get me on one more time before I left for Chicago. I was about to get married, and I was about to move to Chicago. It was the only one I could do, and I must have called him like fifteen times from Maine at my weird ex-wife's house. And he finally answered, and all he said was, this isn't how it works, but he might as well have, he was like, I'll call you back, you can't just call me, all I knew was my father's lesson of tenacity, yeah, like, yeah. don't take no for an answer, just keep going, yeah, give him yeah. a smile and a wink, and you'll get in, and he was like, get the fuck out of here, he, was, he didn't say that, but that was the message that I received. Yeah, that's how he was, but at the same time, like, those are the kind of guys in the beginning of comedy that, like, help you out so much, because yeah. it's kind of like, you just, all you care about is just and he's Joey right. impressing you, and right. he is right, like, he you shouldn't right. go over. He shouldn't have called, and you shouldn't go over, and you shouldn't call 15 times, yeah. and cl- clog up a guy's answering machine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Back that, in the day. That's what I They took out my whole tape. What the fuck? <laughs> it's my fucking tape. My fucking tape. The mini tape. tape. I gotta go to that's fucking Radio Shack. That's all I fucking got. Four ninety five for this fucking tape and you gotta fill it up because <laughs> you asking for spots on a fucking open mic. Don't go over the light. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Joey Seinfeld closer. Joey Seinfeld closer. Ah, uh, Conquin. Very specific audience yeah, for the Joey Seinfeld closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only... Comedians wanting to impress him. Yeah, show. Up. I um so yeah so Dick Dory's Comedy Vault. I showed up uh, wearing a turquoise Adidas jumpsuit because again even back then in 1999 I used to wear probably not what most comedians would wear. Yeah, and that's where I met Dan Mintz. Mintz. We both performed in the hey, same man. night. Hey, how's it going? I just want to do a show. I'm just going to perform. I know maybe I can do a show and then we can have children around the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know it's so funny. So basically, I meet Mintz. And he, I'm immediately like, this guy is fucking hilarious because he's yeah. so weird. And the time, and I've said this to him too, he used to have this giant weird goatee. No. Real big goatee. Yeah, because he's got a prominent job. Not yeah. shitting on him, but no. if you put a goatee on that, you'd like be a like, big goatee. what is this, an advertisement and I, for goatees? And I remember being like, oh man, I'm, I'm performing for the first time. He's like, me too. And I was like, oh wow, cool. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, did you go to school around here? He's like, Harvard. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I was like, are you in the Harvard Lampoon? Because I knew about the Harvard Lampoon. And then I didn't realize at the time, now knowing Dan it's like the funniest thing to ask him because he was like trying to get in the Harvard Lampoon. Like, he, I don't know, maybe he didn't get in the first time. Yeah. It's like a whole system. Yes. And he finally, of course, was. But I was like, are you in the Harvard Lampoon? He's like, no. <laughs> and this then, is crazy, but you yeah. met him on your first night. First night. I met Kumail on my second night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't it's crazy. that wild? I know. And then, I want the footage of these nights. I know. And, so badly. And you know what? I filmed that night. Oh. But. The audio didn't work, and I don't oh. have the tape anymore. 
And, and, and Dan's here's... chin was in most of the shots. <laughs> most of the shots. Sorry. Sorry. It's just so big. Respect the light. <laughs> so I, I went on and just completely bombed. I talked so fast. I talked fast anyways, but I talked so fast yeah, yeah, yeah. that I didn't pause for any laughter. And I thought I would have done better since I was like doing so much comedy like forever. Yeah. But it's different, obviously. Yep, sure. So I did that and no one laughed. And then um, then Dan, who was looking super weird, yeah. and I'm like, who, what is this guy going to do? And he goes on stage, kills. His he, first time. First time, just kills. He just said he did. He was so funny. I mean, he's still so funny. Well, but I mean, it's he, funny. Mulaney and I were joking about Ron Funches mm-hmm. and resenting him uh, as a joke for having a built-in persona because he just is that guy. Oh yeah, and Dan just is that guy. Yeah, he's and Mulaney on stage. was so funny. He was like, "Fuck that guy!" For the audience knowing exactly who he is before he even opens his mouth. <laughs> I know, and that's how Vince is, and that's how I, I, we're exaggerating. But I mean, like, no, but I feel like, and you not, start not to make this plus. about me, but why not? I'm your guest. Yeah, like sure. I, think, I think you're the man. I know. <laughs> I am. <laughs> So he, um, so like I think when I go on stage, people like what we talked about. People sort of like don't you don't know exactly who I am. Oh yeah, and almost it's like what you say. Like, I'm even way different than even what I'm going to be. So it's right. like a harder thing. Anyways, that's no, I, I completely get it. Uh, just another white guy going. Yeah, another white basically. guy, glasses. What's he right. talk about? Right, right. And Dan just killed, and then I was like, "We got to fucking hang out. You're so funny." And yeah. then we just basically became That's the same friends. thing with Kumail. Yeah, like, this motherfucker killed. He was so. It funny. wasn't his first time, and it wasn't my first time, but we had both done it about like five times, and and he killed. And that, and that's one of the big lessons. That's one of the things I talked with Mulaney about. Is like you got to be careful who you hang out with because you need to like. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If for comedians, there's an element of you have to like their comedy. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Or it's a deal breaker. Oh, yeah. You end friendships if you see them go up and they're garbage. Like, yeah, you just, have to be friends with funny people. Not just bombing, but like just offensive to you. Like It just doesn't resonate. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people that you start out with in the same sort of circle of comedy from just because you, got, you do the rooms and you see them, and then as you get older in comedy, you're kind of like... Oh man! Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you picked a funny friend. Yeah, picked a funny friend. Let's be friends. Let's be friends. And then we just got to. Then we say. Then we just basically became really good friends. And I brought him to all of like, you know, the Emerson parties, and it was kind of. It just became this funny thing where like all the Harvard Lampoon guys and all these like crazy Emerson like weirdos (laughs) would just became friends, and I'd bring them to all these like parties. Like my friend Justin, you know, the magician. Like he used to have these crazy like. He's had these like sex parties with his other magician friend in Boston. He I, did? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I can say that. <laughs> Might not be good for his persona. I didn't say his last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe bleep. Nah, I don't know. But anyway, we. we, we I'll write down the maybe, time code yeah. just in case. Yeah, just. <laughs> One thirty. One thirty-three. Okay, keep going. But yeah, but he had these sort of like um, he had a he was friends with sex another, another magician. They would have these crazy like fetish sex parties and we used to go to them you wouldn't have sex at the parties but you they'd be like you know being like 19 and seeing just strippers there me and my friends like would walk in and these girls would start dancing and take out their clothes and you're like oh my god the strippers and this other magician would pay for the strippers and justin who you know i mean i don't i could ask i should but basically text him and see if I he's will. okay with but it basically he you know is a magician from the midwest so i met him <laughs> Clues just keep coming in if we do bleep it. I know. Magician Midwest went to Emerson. So I, I I met him and me and him were doing a show together. Um, um you know, me and him and Eric Hudson, who was a singer songwriter, we all did the show at, at Emerson. It was the first time I really hung out with Justin a lot. And um, we went over and he's like, My my buddy who's a magician is gonna gonna take our uh, our pictures. And I'm like, cool. So we go to this guy's house 
And this guy's the guy who threw his heck parties. And we go there, and, and Justin's, like, drinking a beer on a Tuesday. We're, like, smoking weed. I'm, like, you do? You smoke weed? He's, like, yeah, buddy. I'm, like, well, really? And I was, like, you ever, like, you do other drugs? He's, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Those magic conventions? Fucking mushrooms. I was, like, oh, my God. So it totally blew my mind. And of course, that's who Justin is. He's just, like, a awesome sort of, like, party guy. But... I don't know where the story. Why I'm telling the story, but anyways, so we had started having. I didn't know. I it made me want to have him on the show. I'd love to talk. I mean, oh. like I like him anyway, but I mean, that oh no, he's had like a crazy. You know, like we were friends, and I had to like one time I had to pee in a bottle for him. And really, <laughs> oh for a drug test? Yeah, for a drug test. He's like, I'm gonna write his name down. Yeah, yeah, he's totally um, cool, uh, totally sober. Now I'm gonna bleep it in my what kind of in my phone. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, kind of sober. <laughs> kind of sober now. Sorry, I'm still I'm still with you. No, no. So I'm we just would bring Dan like uh, hey. I'd bring hey Dan, and we bring him to like these parties. <laughs> that girl just took her clothes off. <laughs> yeah, it's he'd be very like, uncomfortable. <laughs> but I also love it. I remember one time we was at a party, and, and I was like, there was all these girls, and all these girls were like on ecstasy and stuff. And I was like, Dan, you gotta go talk to these girls. And then Marie looked at me and goes, I need a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need a shit right now. <laughs> Oh my god! I've been trying to get him on the show for a while. Sorry to make this a booking segment of the show. <laughs> no, you should. That's He's fantastic. Very funny. So then you 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 were comedy buddies, and you would we do were other comedy shows. buddies, and then I just started, and I got like super into. I was just like that. That was it. Then I was just basically going every show. I started a show at Starbucks. I still, you know, like really weekly. Yeah, and then I was going to you know those at Hong Kong. That's the Comedy Connection. I was driving two hours to North Haven to do shows for fifty yeah. bucks, and it just was like nonstop. And I was basically performing. Uh, you like seven dates a week, and then I was like, going. Really? Yeah, yeah. In college, in college, wow. nonstop. And Emerson was so cool because they had so many open mics and comedy shows. So like, I remember we like Eugene Merman did a show at Emerson one time. Like yeah. it was just sort of like a big. It was it was just sort of like taking off. So Two memories good. of Bob's Burgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> weird, very weird. Wow, that's great. So you really started early, and and you knew what you wanted to do very quickly. I, yeah. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, and it was it was cool because I never, you know, that's what going back to like the the writing job. The writing job was the first real job I had because. And Emerson, I just I worked California Pizza Kitchen, but then after that, I did the NACA stuff, and I never had had right. a job besides comedy. Right. So it was it was you great. jumped right into jumped being right the in. salesman stage of being yeah, a comedian. Exactly going to Buffalo five yeah. times a year. I've been to the Upper Peninsula five or six times. So depressing. It's crazy. I hate it so much. I one time drove from Boston to Buffalo and back nine hours both ways. You just car. you just left. Just you left. drove nine hours, did the show, drove back. Yeah, that, that, that's my big thing with like travel and yeah. comedy shows. I always. If, if I could drive there, I drive there, and then I'll come right back. And if I fly, if I do a show, I always leave at 6 a.m. Always. Really? I try to leave. And I used to do a thing where I used to want to get back. I used to drive to the airport after a show, and I would just wait. Oh, my God. Real crazy. I don't know why I did that. I understand now. that It's funny that you say that because you're not the first comedian to realize. It takes a while to realize. When you're booking your travel, if it's a Thursday through Saturday, you're going to want to fly out Sunday around 9. You're going out at six, but I mean, yeah. like nine is pretty early. Yeah, because you start to lose it. You want to get out of there. Yeah, and enough. you're like, why? And then you get home, and it's like one because you gain time. Yeah, it's the it's best. Like one o'clock, and you got your TV again, and you got your loved ones again. Yeah, it's fucking killer. I love it. I love, especially like if you're doing shows in Seattle, then you take a six a.m. flight, and you're home as like eight. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so actually just about to go and see him. That should be fun. So let's 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 talk about uh, the God thing. We were kind of on that subject for a bit. weren't really raised religious. Oh yeah, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't very raised very religious at all. Right. Um, I was, you know, culturally very Jewish, very into bar mitzvah. That's bar mitzvah. Uh-huh. You know, bar mitzvah, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah yeah, Passover. Yeah. I never. I always ate matzah, Pesach, Pesach, Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> 
I always, I always would fast. You know, yeah. like that was sort of my yeah, yeah, yeah. my thing. Okay. And now, where are we? Now, I God, God. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> God's in heaven. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like yeah. I feel like I. I don't. I just. I don't know. I feel like I believe in my sort of Jewishness, if that makes sense. The collective power of your Judaism. Yeah, like I kind of like... The community. I love like the the community of, of Judaism. I love sort of like the society, socialness of it. I, I don't know. I sort of like... No, I don't, I I don't, get it. I don't like think like, oh, am I, if, if I... If I do this bad thing, am I gonna like? Is God not gonna like me? Like I don't really think about it like that. Right, I think you're with sort him. of like he's yeah. your homeboy. I feel like you're I'm the just, chosen people. Yeah, that's it. I'm just he's like with me, and I'm and I'm here, and I'm just kind of like doing my thing, and the thing he made you to do. Yeah, and, you're following and, the impulses of your brain. Exactly, and you know that's sort of the the way it is. I think you know, and being Jewish is kind of cool because you don't ever. There's never been like a hell. Right. You know, you, you know, it never brought up like that. You're just kind of brought up with like, do these good things. We're these chosen people, right? Let's re- let's never forget that. Let's never forget what happened, right? And let's not let that happen again, right? What do you mean? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Having a faith in a group, there's something enviable about that because you can look at it. You can be like, when someone dies, and there is is that a sit? Is that the Jewish thing? When With someone them? when someone dies, they come and you know, yes, yeah, shiva, food, a shiva, yeah, yeah, yeah. shiva. So having faith in that is pretty pretty realistic. That will yeah. happen. Yeah. You belong in that group. I've always... Envy is the wrong word. I, I've always had a respect for that. I've, I've always looked at that with fondness. Yeah. That sort of idea, that cultural identity or whatever. Yeah, and, and you, you really... And I'm sure you see it with other sort of, you know, religious groups. Sure. You start to really sort of see it in the communities. Like, my mom last year was, got sick and she, like... You know, had surgery and you know went through the uh, whole breast cancer situation. Oh, she's, God. sorry, she's fine now. Yeah, um, but like Great. at the time, like it was you know, and I haven't lived in Stanford forever, but like you know, at the time, like so many people in the community kind of like came to like her aid and like my dad's aid and like our family. Right. It was like so nice to see like everyone there. It's like this yeah. is what this is what it's about. You well, know, we're living in a time. I'm stealing this from somebody who wrote on the comments of one of the other episodes. We were talking about uh, we have a bit of a communal drought. There's no community anymore. Yeah. That's why comedians are fortunate. And yeah. you double down. You got two communities. Yeah. So you got your your Jewish family being a little bit different from other families in that tightness. Not always, but I'm yeah. saying you're saying you're experiencing that. And you have your comedy, and you got your family. You're, yeah. You're kind of triple stacked. And also the comedy college friends because they're all still out here, even though they kind yeah. of fold into comedy. But you know. Yeah. No. That that's perfect. If you can have some good old friends that you stay in touch with, that I yeah. mean, you're doing really well. And when when it comes to raising your son, Abe, it, it sounds like you you and Rachel see eye to eye when it comes to the God thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. I mean, it's just so funny when you say God because I never think about God. Yeah. I just think about like. Judaism, yeah, and sort of like he'll be raised like knowing you know what I knew growing up, and like sure. I, I want to make sure that he goes to Israel like earlier though, because I I mean earlier I never still have not gone, right? But I think yeah we're, we're on the same page, uh, yeah, on that. That's great, yeah. That that is a big thing. Uh, I'm stealing this uh, from Rob Bell, who's, who's a pastor. He's a Christian pastor, but he has that idea of God being uh, for us and with us, mm-hmm. which I think are two things that are, that he's kind of not lifting, but certainly be, are affirmed in the Jewish interpretation of God. When I said God, I often say God in heaven as a joke. I'll be like, oh, God in heaven, or yeah. God's in heaven listening. Uh, that's not a really Jewish idea in my study, God being somewhere else. God being here, us being saturated in God, yeah. and God being inherently for us, that's a Jewish idea. Rob Bell and I agree that God is for humanity. He's for all of us, not just like 
I don't think Jewish people think it's just them. But yeah. the idea of kind but of like, he is. But he is. <laughs> uh, but the idea that for us and with us, I think that's those are very, very... He also says, and ahead of us. That's the third one. Oh, okay. The idea that God isn't like behind us in some sort of ancient tradition. Like judging us. Like I don't like the idea... Of thinking that, like, I've never thought that God is someone who's up there just, like, judging everyone. Yeah, and it's a weird... It's taking a weird. tallies on what you do and, you know... How many times you jerked at... Yeah, or exactly. If, if we said cunt or something. Yeah, like if it, I said faggot at the South Beach Comedy exactly. Festival. Exactly. I mean, like, isn't it your heart? I mean, isn't it? Yeah. I'm here to say it is. I yeah. don't know why I sounded like a rabbi. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's your heart. It's my heart. <laughs> You didn't have a bar mitzvah. I've done the Jewish voice twice. Well, that's <laughs> lovely. I, not not that you need me to endorse your beliefs, but I. The, it's I funny because I never even really affirming. talk about it. Yeah, it's sure. not something we sort of even like. But you don't have any fear of death. What about the afterlife? I like to ask you: dead over? Are we over? I mean, I'm more. I'm yeah. I'm definitely scared of the death. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love that you got to the core of the question. Really, I could say: Are you afraid to die? Yeah. Uh, I think we all are. We we have better moments. If you're anything like me, there are moments where I'm kind of like feel prepared or something. Almost like I'm at peace. I guess we call call that peace. Yeah. But then a lot of the rest of the time, I'm having an argument with your wife about whether or not I should staff or go on the road. <laughs> you know, like I'm just not ready to go. Like, oh I'm not yeah. Feeling correct. Yeah. No, I don't. I I definitely am scared of that. Are you wh- why? Are you afraid of what happens? Or are you just afraid of eternal nothing? Are you afraid of? I'm afraid of. Um, yeah, I'm afraid of how it's going to happen. Yep. And when it will happen. Right. And make sure that it doesn't happen soon. Don't you think that? Do you ever? This is I've never said this before, but I wonder if there is. Uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to people that have lost people, but I, I sometimes have fantasies of my own death. Okay, let's just say, like you're driving and you're almost right. in a car accident. Yeah. I wonder if there is a moment as you're dying that you're just kind of like. Because I'm a kind of a fatalist person, mm-hmm. meaning like if something, if there's a small fire on a pile of newspapers, I'm just kind of like, just fuck it, just burn them all. Yeah. So if I'm like impaled with something and I'm dying, I know this is uncomfortable to talk about for me and maybe to listen to, but I kind of wonder if there is a moment where you're like, oh, I guess this is how it happens, and then you just kind of sink away. Yeah, well, that's what happened with my, my, my grandma, because my grandma died and she was, my all my grandparents are dead, my but um, what they all... Some well, pretty much like my the grandparents that I remember, you know, they died. They had like Alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of like lost it. Yes. And my my grandma Helen, who was hilarious, she was with her mind like the whole time. Hilarious. Hilarious. She was really. I mean, the funniest thing. Real quick side story about grandma Helen. She when she was saying she had at her home where she was living, there was um a man with Down syndrome who happened to be in. <laughs> who happened to be in a Jai Knoxville movie? Remember that movie where Jai Knoxville played a Down syndrome? Yeah, guy? yeah, The Ringer. The Ringer. I don't. I think so, I laughed because I was uncomfortable with where the story might be. Going. Yeah, just to be clear, okay. I'm not just laughing at the idea. Well, it's going to get it's going to get worse. So my grandma was like, she Helen. he started Helen. She he like would work as an aide because obviously you know I think that was his only movie, and he lives in Florida and he's there and um and he's walking towards us and my my grandma goes, oh my god. Dan, there's the mongoloid who's in the movie. And she goes, come here, mongoloid. Tell him about the movie you did. And I was like, Grandma, do not call him a mongoloid. And the worst part is that the mongoloid, definitely at the time, had better credits than me. And my grandma, the But she, um... That's, what did he do? He, well, I mean, you know, he didn't really know what was going on. He was like... He was like, yeah, the movie was, did great. Giant Knox was a good guy. I mean, I don't know. 
no. He didn't seem to care that you called him a mongoloid. Well, I was devastated. Yeah, I, I believe, like, every, there's just a pass. She's super old, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mongoloid. But when she was, you know, uh, when she was dying, she knew, because she, the coolest thing about it was she never lost her, like, mind. She always was with it the whole time, and she yes. was 90. Yes, and wow. And she actually said, like, what you were saying. She was like, I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. She said it, and she knew it. And felt peace about it. Yeah. I, See, that's 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 what I'm looking for. I think that's what we're all looking for, is some sort of good death. Even if it happens in a split second. As opposed to texting and driving off the whole canyon. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's what makes like things like um, a car crash or, or a plane crash so scary. Because there isn't like a moment to have peace. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you are impaled, as I was saying in my example, or in the hospital for Helen, yeah. you can have that moment where you're like, this is happening. I'm dying. Maybe just have half, 30 seconds to just be like, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I I take great comfort in everyone's done it and everyone will do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The biggest coward you know also died. You know what I mean? In the past. These past cowards. They did it. You can do it. You know what I mean? I tell myself thoughts like that. Like It'll just happen and it will be. Everyone's done it. And no one escapes it. Unless, you know, the singularity. Yeah. And we back up our brains and we live forever. And as. Uh, well, like you said, we might live till we're. Uh, I, I do not want to live till 150. No, yeah. Kids live 150. Abe I, I, might make it to 150, but there's, there's a decent chance that Abe, when he's like 20, 30, will start backing up our brains. I mean, the world he lives in, just as confused as my father is by the Shazam app, Abe is going to come in. You're not thinking about five, think about like 25. He's going to come in and show his successful comedian dad who he's proud of. Some weird new thing that's just, you won't be able to understand it. And you won't even try. Yeah, I mean, I can barely, I mean, every time something even, I sound like a grandpa now, but even like, every time a new thing, like, oh, now I gotta get out of Vine. Yeah. It's like, come on. Oh, and forget about the cloud. The cloud. <laughs> the cloud. I have the cloud turned on on my iPhone. Yeah. And I'm like, I bought the maximum amount of storage. I still don't know what it's for. <laughs> no. Just like some of the stuff is on the cloud. Every once in a while, I'll be on my iPad. And for some reason, an album I didn't download on the iPad is on the iPad. And it frightens me. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> I, 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 pretend, I like definitely look like I know much more about the tech world yeah. than I do. You are I, funnier than you look. And you know less than you look like you should. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's you in a nutshell. That really is me. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I it's so overwhelming and, and I feel so stupid about it sometimes. I'm just like another thing. Yeah. I got, like I, I like Waze. Waze? Waze. That's the helpful. GPS thing? Yeah, the GPS thing. Yeah, I don't I don't use it. I, I find it overwhelm too many symbols on the screen. Yeah, it gets you out of traffic though. Does it? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm like promoting Waze on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, W A Z E. I have it. I didn't even think that it gets you out of traffic. Yeah, People that's what report it's for. that there's mad traffic. That's what it's for. Uh, that's the reason for it. That's the reason for the season mm-hmm. is Jesus. Yes. Can I tell you about Jesus? Please. He was chosen mm-hmm. and he came to save you first and then me. Don't buy it. <laughs> Can you be a Jew for Jesus? I love the Jews for Jesus. Jews hate Jews for Jesus. Every Jew I know hates Jews for Jesus. Yeah, I never, I don't even understand it. I just like anybody that'll abandon or, or do something so bold. Look, I love Judaism and sticking with it. Yeah. But if you love Jesus, so if you love anything so much... That you'll withstand ridicule for your beliefs. I'm kind of like, I respect that, even if it's crazy. Yeah. Like, if you told me that you were a Scientologist, that's always my go-to. I'm reading this book about it right now. That's why it's been coming up a lot on the show. But if you're like, I'm a Scientologist, I'd be like, 
fucking egg, man, cool. Because yeah. you know we're all going to make fun of you. And you're okay with it. You still did it. I've met a bunch of, like, just normal scientists. Because I always thought in my head of Scientologists are going to be, like, so crazy or whatever. But yeah. there's a bunch of people you meet, and they're just, like, normal. Yeah, I know I know a couple. Yeah. I know a couple, and I'm always just kind of like, like, cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But weird. Also weird. <laughs> I'd love to, I'd lo- I, I've said this several times on the show, I'd love to have someone who would be open about talking about they, it. They're not, though, They right? tend to be a little bit more like, why would I explain that? I believe to a wog is the term. Yeah. Meaning a non-Scientologist. It's very Harry Potter. It's very weird. It's like there's us and then there's them. It, it appeals to so many uh, weird parts of your so psyche. expensive. That's why it's... Oh, it is expensive, too. You you go faster if you pay That's why there's no Jews for Scientology. Ha! <laughs> they love Jesus. He's all about saving the money. I don't know. Jesus is... Jesus is about being... Gen- Jesus likes generosity, I think. Yeah. I can't speak for Jesus. Anyway, I, I... Oh, let me ask you some of the speed round questions, and then we'll be done. Oh, really? How I'll was like, it? I can't tell. You're fantastic. This is one of my favorites uh, in, in a recent memory. It's wonderful. Really? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you a couple things about podcasting. One, you have no idea how it went. But the, the longer I've done it, we've done like 100 and blah, blah episodes, I'm starting to get like a, a better sense. Like, okay. oh, this is a good one. I, 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 I tend to love all of them, but then you know the ones that are like exceptional, and I'm telling you this was exceptional really? for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not saying that. I will. T- I would tell you that off mic. It happened to happen on mic, but that is, I'll tell you the same. <laughs> okay, good. I, I was a little bit like you're coming over. I'm like, oh, I'm a little stressed out. I hope, I hope this is good. I can't believe your energy and your alertness, given your situation. <laughs> oh, I haven't I, slept. Yeah. But besides that, everything's good. Well, you're doing. You're kicking ass. All right, this, thank this you. This bodes well for your script and your career. <laughs> Me on no sleep. This this entire person that you see in front of you is gone, and it's just a grumpy guy that tells you to shut your mouth. <laughs> That's all that exists. All the sweetness disappears without sleep. Um, Who needs sleep? <laughs> you need sleep and take a cat nap. Cats are nice. They're always napping. And look at the baby. What are you doing up? <laughs> Don't you love sleep? He's still new to the world. He's got to take it all in. It's like when you first found out about the wire. Did you want to sleep? <laughs> now it's becoming a zeus. Do you want to sleep? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, God. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Here's the speed round. What kind of soap do you use? Old Spice. Really? Yeah. What what scent? Pure Sport? Uh, I use class, Classic? Classic? Yeah. Ooh, a, a rustic. Yeah. Did this man get shipped here in a barrel? <laughs> what is that smell? Uh, no wonder you landed a wife. Uh, two. I'm trying to think of other speed. When's the last time you cried? Probably recently. <laughs> yeah, when I had the baby. Yeah, right. You cried seeing the baby? Yeah, when they when they pull... I had the camera, and they were like, we're going to pull the baby out. You know, pull the baby out. From the curtain, the little play that your wife is, you know, yeah. holding up the stage. Exactly. Well, she, it was C-section, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they pulled they pulled the baby out. Baby so small, lowercase C-section. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so they go, they, the woman's like, the doctor's like, okay, daddy, take a picture. And she holds him up and I see his face and I just drop the camera and start hysterical crying. Really? And, and, she, and she was so funny. She's like, these are these alligator tears. I don't know why she sounded like that. Who said that? <laughs> the doctor. No, alligator tears. She was like, what's with these alligator tears? And I was like, it's my child. And the camera broke. It was like a whole disaster. But that was... That's the worst use of alligator tears I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And the best was recently on Mad Men. Yeah. Pete Campbell, Alligator Tears. Uh, that's awesome. I love that story. Second, uh, it's kind of similar. When's the, what's the hardest time you've ever laughed? And I always try and make people not feel pressure. You can ha- not answer if you the don't want to. Hardest? Or one of them. When, and, my, ru- when, uh, when, when my roommate, Matt, yes. um, <laughs> ate my four pot cookies without, me, without knowing they're pot cookies. And... Um, we came home and Rachel, I do a whole bit about this, but the way the story like totally 100% went down, which 
um, was when I realized it. We were in the kitchen because it's my new roommate Matt. He's like, it's, he's really he has like a business now. But at the time, he was like living with me, and he used to always one thing I didn't like about him as a roommate, which he knows because I yelled at him. Is one he would keep peanut butter on the forks and put him in, not put him in the dishwasher. And the other thing is he would just like come in. He was like a personal trainer at the time. He'd come in and just like open up the the doors and just eat any food that was there. Yes, and he ate my four pot cookies. Oh my god! And then. So each one is like a full power. Each, each one is eight hours. Each one is eight hours. Yes. So you're supposed to have like half of one. Yeah. He ate 32 hours at once. And when I put it together that he did it, I laughed so hard and I didn't stop laughing. For 32 hours. For 32 hours. <laughs> I remember. Wait, is that true? You yeah. laughed the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> I, it was the funny. I, like it's the, just desserts. Yeah. Like I used to basically the whole, I would do the bit up for like, do the bit for like years. And I would, he wrote, he actually wrote in a journal. Yes. You know when it when it happened because he he thought there was like psychotic breaks in his family, so he thought at the time he was having a psychotic break because the walls started moving because he was so fucking high. Uh huh. So um, he wrote in a journal at the time, and then he sent me that journal when he was at when he went to uh, Penn, he went to business school after like he left the thing, and uh, I would read on stage, and every time I'd read the journal that he would he would he wrote. I would just start crying laughing every single yes, time. Yes, yes. Anyways, and now, and I remember... What did he say? Was there a pull quote it, from it, the journal? It was, uh, um, um, I'm in a haze right now. Um, I, I, I... Wait, what did he say? I am in a haze right now. Something I've never felt in my life! Exclamation point. <laughs> ah, uh, oh, shit! Oh, shit! It was based... Yeah, it, it was live that it was, uh, um... I... Uh, it, I, it, it, he had something I forget it's hilarious it's hilarious you laughed and laughed and laughed I laughed and, laughed. and I remember at one point then I had to call my dad because it was so funny like we were dying I one time called my dad I was laughing so hard I couldn't park because I was just laughing that I circled the Grove parking lot yes for an hour just not just laughing oh my god that's, hard to that's so fantastic yeah you're reminding me I have a bit called I need a lawyer which was somebody's Facebook status which just said I need a lawyer <laughs> I, and I mean ASAP <laughs> It said, please, please message me the name of tough-ass attorneys you know in L.A. or N.Y. Bit of an emergency who specializes in landlord-tenant or regular law, please. The reason I know that word for word is I used to do it on stage. It's on my album, my first album. I still, I know I just recited it perfectly without laughing, but like this morning I was thinking about, I need a lawyer. Like just like seeing that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was writing, and you know the lunacy of writing when you're in the writer's room too long? Yeah, yeah. I read that and had the same reaction. Like I was, we- I wouldn't stop. Like I oh. almost lost my job because I kept laughing so hard. Oh, another. At I need a lawyer. Another time? Yes. The second time this reminds me of this thing. Hit it. Um, my favorite thing to do is, I know it's so stupid, but I always, if I take your phone, I'll like send a text or I'll. Yeah, on your phone. Yeah, I'll update Facebook statuses like yes. always. Like in Japan, who's got coke? Always, <laughs> always, I'll do that. So we were in um, the Whitney writer room, and it was like the season one. It was like it was getting crazy. It was like we were there super late, and people are super stressed out. And uh, <laughs> and Neil Shaw, who is a really funny writer, who I'm working on the yeah. the Sinker show with. Yeah, and um, he, you know, was always sort of like, he was always like just texting whatever random people, whatever. So he went to the bathroom. I took his phone. And I, <laughs> like, I probably can't even tell the story, but I basically just texted real quick a girl saying, how you, um, <laughs> how you've been smiley face. <laughs> Turned out to be a girl that he got pregnant like six years ago. Oh my God. How you been smiley face. And we just started 
that that, that and the and the apocalypse was the most I've ever laughed in my life. Ever. Oh my god! To the point where did she reply? Like Just a picture of the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is or perfect. wait, did they not keep the baby? Well, I don't, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> no, worry about that. Oh, I already said his name. I like that. I, I, I'm just like ruining people on this podcast. Well, you can text them and see what yeah, they say. I, I don't, yeah, I don't that nobody's ever had two. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that, thanks so much for having me. Uh, having me in your home. Oh, I, know no, I had you on the show, but yeah, uh, I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, uh, we have the guest at the end of the show say, "Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> No, it's not bad. I just expected you would be like, what does it mean or why? Yeah, and you just said it and that well, delights me. Oh, uh, yeah, keep it, it crispy. It just means, you know, your shoes are very crispy. They're very crispy. You get it. Yeah, keep it crispy. <laughs> keep it crispy. You know one's ever said it three times. <laughs> keep That's it crispy. That's a lot of four. That's a lot of first. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, no. I literally was going to unironically say, Mazel Tov. Hey, congrats on your success. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Yeah. You got it. Thanks, Bill. Now leaving Nerdist.com.